Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of A Journey Through Time and Stuff. My name is good old Aaron Drinks Beer a lot. That's what I'm going to call myself this episode, Old Aaron Drinks Beer a lot. Um, not that it's a lot, a lot, but it's more than normal, and I blame the quarantine for that. So, in the fashion of quarantine life, uh, I am doing yet another remote podcast. Uh, this one is coming quite some distance. It's from the Great White North. Oh, is that bad timing to say that too? <sighs> it's Alaska, my friend from Alaska. Uh, funny story. Uh, I have known about Jake, my guest that's going to be on here in a second, far longer than I've known Jake. Um, he was a fabled mythical creature that was a friend of my brother's that I, uh, we didn't actually go to school at the same time together. Um, or if we did, I just never met him, but I don't think we did. So turns out far into the future of the friendship that him and my brother re or kindled in high school, um, we randomly worked together in the oil field. And it was kind of like this rekindling of long lost souls that maybe knew each other in another life. Maybe, just maybe, I was a whale and he was a cleaner fish that cleaned my gills. Or maybe, just maybe, I was algae that grew on a turtle shell, and the turtle was him. It, it's hard to understand quite where the origins of this, uh, this epic story lies. But I can tell you, it lies deep. I would like to welcome to the podcast, Mr. Jake Stutzman. Hello, buddy. What's up? What is up, my friend? How how are you, man? Oh wait, wait! I forgot! I forgot! Yeah, there it is. You know, with with the pinging and the distance and the phone and the travel, the audience took a while to hear that we were both together. So well, we're here. We are here. That's what matters. We are. How, how have you been? Yeah. Busy, man. Busy. Always busy. Uh. Up to my eyeballs most days. Yeah, so um, you are. Uh, I saw on the on the onlines that you just got uh, your next certs for operating. Yeah, yeah, just went through crane school. Did uh, basically a three day crash course on book learning. Ooh, and uh, took five different tests, two hundred questions, four hours. So. <laughs> And passed it. It was intense. Good deal, yeah, man. And, Good and deal. Passed all of them. So and so, uh, you were, I mean, you were you were an operator before, right? Just not a crane operating. Were you, but right. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah. awesome. I tried to dip my dirty little fingers into everything I could get into when I was young. So uh, I started off with a CDL and did equipment school on top of that when I was nineteen, and uh, just kind of been doing that ever since. Right. I found out that's where the money is. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Hop there wasn't much in me playing guitar, so I just went that route. Right, right. Yeah. So, so you use uh, that for the sustenance, and then the happiness comes from the music. 
Precisely. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Um, well, so so it's it's funny, man. We've known each other for forever. Like I don't 12, remember 12, 13 years at least Probably. that we've like actually known each other. And then I'd heard oh. about you. Because I don't remember meeting, because you didn't go to high school your sophomore year into Skyview, did you? Right, right. I started there. Uh, we moved up here actually 15 years ago. Next week will be 15 years. Oh, shit. So, okay. Yeah, okay. it's been a while. Wow. Okay, yeah. So so you would have been coming in, like, basically when I left to college. Yeah. You would have been moved to Alaska, and that's how we just barely missed that path. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, hey, s- since... Since I don't know much from before that, like, I don't even know where you were born. So kind of take me, ah. take me back to a young Jake, the little Jake, uh, and kind of give me the origin story. The, yeah, I believe the word incipient. So the incipient hellion. Yes. Sure. Thank you. Or the, the infantile hellion. Uh, I was born in a little tiny dot on the map called Goshen, Indiana. Uh, a okay. town of about 33,000 people in north central Indiana, not too far from Michigan. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And, uh, I think I'd have to look back a little further, but I know at least at least four of my grandfathers were born there, too. Oh, so, dang. Like, the whole lineage was there, and then my dad got to about 50 years old, and he's like, well, uh, let's move to Alaska. So And, and so you were... We so you so so you're born there, uh, yep. small town. Uh, yep. Is it was it an industry town? Was it a farm town? I know it's Midwest, so there's probably yeah. some sort of specific trade the town was used for. Yeah, both of those things. Okay. <laughs> so like the house I grew up in had a cornfield in the front yard and a cornfield in the backyard. Perfect. So. Like as kids, man, we had we had a free range of the how, whole world, you how, know. How many acres? I grew up on two acres. Okay, so um, well, decent land size. I yeah, mean. decent yard for sure. Uh, but everything around it was like in the fall when all the fields would go down for harvest season. You know, then you have a view. Yeah. Uh, and in the summer, it's just you, you're just obscured. You're in this little block, and there's seven foot tall corn stalks in your front yard, and you can't see anything. Other uh, other than the nice perffect shot down the driveway i'm imagining pretty much yeah yeah a lot a, a lot cool. a lot of the midwest houses i've been in have straight driveways there's not a lot of like curved driveways cuz for yeah. exactly that reason whether you're growing corn or hay or anything else as soon as that stuff gets tall man you can't see <laughs> yeah yeah that's a fact so yeah, so I, so so i bet you had uh, at a young age you had uh, quite your experience shucking corn. I bet you uh, knew eating mostly eating it mostly. Yeah. Didn't do. Yeah. A, did you do? Did you do any tending help with the far the corn fields? Did you or no? No, no. That was the farmer out the street. That was his gig. Oh, oh. So it wasn't actually your guys's fields. It was no. We weren't. We weren't farmers. We just. We were just surrounded by those fields. Got you. Okay. Yeah. Excuse. Excuse the. the yeah, it's all good. Okay, cool. So, uh, when I, I'm assuming it's young, kind of like all of us tend to be, what, um, cause this is somewhere else, something else I don't know about you. What did, 
when did music come into your life? And then when did you decide you wanted to do it? Like, for me, they're two distinct times. For some people, they're one. It's one moment all in itself. So kind of describe that. Sure. Um, I, I Honestly, I don't remember not being infatuated with music. Okay. Ever. Okay. From from the youngest possible age of memory, which and it was interestingly enough, uh, George Strait, and like I was, I was this little cowboy until I was about six or seven, maybe, and then I discovered Elvis. Oh sure, and my mind blown again. Like I just thought Elvis was the coolest thing ever, um, and it was shortly thereafter. Like I was playing every sport I could get into, and. I was a super active kid, really hyper, needed a lot of stimulation and things to keep my brain busy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then I I saw, I want to say it was Blue Hawaii, the Elvis movie. Oh, oh, yeah. And he's on stage doing this little musical number with like a tobacco burst 50 strap. And I went, I don't know why, but I have to have that. Like, that's That's what I want right there. And uh, I, to this day, don't own one, but that was kind of like the seed that got planted in my brain. Like, I need to play music. I need to play guitar. Gotcha. So so, so seeing the guitar, you wanted the guitar, like you were drawn yeah. to the, the instrument itself and more, not so much the experience, right? Uh, you could say that, yeah. Okay, cool. And then I got my first guitar that's, it's hanging over there out of, out of frame in a case, um, I got that on my ninth birthday and that was, that was the eye opening life changing experience for me where I was like, this is it. I, I quit sports. I didn't have time for that. I, I had a guitar to play. So I was busy. I, so, so, so I knew, I knew your pops. Um, we worked together for, at peak for quite some time. Um, yeah. but I don't know, was he a musician as well? I know he liked nope. music, but I didn't know if he played at all. Yeah. He was a blues nut. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, no. we we spent many an hour talking blues. I can I'm tell you sure that. You did. Sitting, sitting, uh, you know, working, working across the inlet, and just driving those roads and riding, you know, sitting oh, waiting yeah. for waiting for any time. You're in a work truck and you talk, man. Um, okay, so yeah. so how did how did it come about? Was was your mom? Is your mom a musician? Any no. as well? No, no, no. She. Uh, She's a far more talented singer than I ever gave her credit for as a child. Okay. Um, but she, she was always singing. She was always listening to music. Like it so, was always so in the a, house. a very musical family in the sense of yeah. appreciating it, listening to it, uh, just yeah. not playing. Okay. Man, man, very cool. Of appreciation. Very cool. Okay. So how did, did you ask for a guitar for your birthday? Was it a guys, I want to get like, how did that happen? I, I want, uh, I'd have to think about it for a moment to like recall the detail on how exactly it happened. But I could remember like being completely infatuated. And that was my one track mind was simply on a guitar. So you so you you have like solid memories of just like spending time pining over it before you even had it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I distinctly remember we had a black walnut tree in our backyard and my dad had rigged up this little like it was a chunk of three quarter inch plywood with a hole drilled in it. And we would use that for a little rope swing. Sure. And I can remember. Um, and again, you have to think back to like the nineties guitar and gear buying was a different experience. hundred percent. Right? Oh yeah. You either bought at 
at X level or you got nothing. Yep. Like you couldn't get Chinese knockoffs of acoustic guitars, right? So they, they went out and priced one out. It was like 300 bucks. And, okay. uh, and they broke the news to me uh, one night at the dinner table. Like there, there's just no way this can happen. Like we, we would love to give you the world, but it, we just can't make it work. And my little eight-year-old, almost nine-year-old ass ran out to the backyard and sat on my little rope swing and just like, I was just defeated. Sure. And then I have a picture from my ninth birthday where my grandparents had stepped in and helped him pay for it. And uh, I have a picture of me opening the case in that moment that I got my very first guitar on my ninth birthday. Oh, shit. Yeah. I bet. So without my grandparents, it would have never happened. That's amazing, man. What yeah. a good story. What a good start. Yeah. Um, cool. And then, yeah, I mean, you're phenomenal. So it, it, it makes sense that you started at nine. That makes, yeah. that makes plenty of sense. Okay, so nine-year-old Jake, you're yep. playing your first acoustic guitar. Yep. What Are you learning Elvis songs? Are you learning... Uh, George Strait songs. What? 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 Where are you starting with? In a, yeah. in a boring, like colorless Mel Bay book. And I started taking lessons. I went every Tuesday to TG Music in downtown Goshen okay. on Main Street. Still there today. Different owners, but still there today. All right. Who do you remember and, your uh, guitar teacher's name? Tim Gruntman was his name. All right. Shout Tim. out! Shout out to Tim. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So, and, um, like, I, I'm not going to brag about it because that's just a dick move, but like, I was pretty good at it. I was one of those naturally talented kids that could sit down with a guitar and just figure it out. Yeah. So, uh, like, reading music was easy for me and the fun, learning the fundamentals was easy for me. And I was super lucky to be that kid. <sighs> I tell you. Yeah. Well, so, so that's, that's funny because, uh, so you learned music from the guitar. Yes. Okay. Okay. Cause, cause you know, me much like many other music kids, uh, you learn it in band in elementary school and sure. I was playing clarinet. And so all of my music reading came from playing B flat clarinet and, gotcha. you know, and, and it's a bit of a transition. And then, it's funny because my transition into playing guitar was only to pick up chicks in high school. <laughs> I wish. Yes. I wish that I would have wanted to do it because it interested me. I love music. I, you know, we're, I'm from a musical family. Look at my fucking For family. Sure. It's insane. Um, and I understood the utility of it, you know. Uh, well, yeah, but it was as at us as a sixteen-year-old, uh, just understanding who the hell he is, kind of person in high school. You know, you're yeah. like, wait a minute, girls like guitar players. Well, I'm getting a guitar. It, it, well, it was, it was, one. it was actually, it was actually much a little more conceited than that. It was, oh, girls like guitarists who sing songs that they like. So. Ah. So I didn't care to learn guitar to learn guitar. I wanted to figure out how to play three chord songs and fumble yeah. through them vocally, right? Now, Insane. let me ask you the important question on a parallel to that. At what okay. year did Wonderwall come out and did you learn it? 
Yes, and um, it it yeah. Wonderwall would have been. <sighs> Let's see, Oasis put that out. God, it had to have been two thousand three. I want to say two thousand. So you were on Steph by then. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I I was already playing. Um, I was already playing a couple Green Day songs. I was already playing um, Five for Fighting. Um, you you know you had the um, the Dave Matthews. You had the um, you know uh, Dispatch. You had Lifehouse. You had Yellow Card. You had um, all of these wonderful bands that now I look back and I go. Oh, they were writing cool stuff. Then I couldn't care less. Yeah. And it's embarrassing. And so so it was kids like you who once I actually as, you know, I was probably 20 20 19 20 mm. when I was sitting alone at college and I was going, "Wait a minute. I've been now playing this thing almost 4 years." Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, I I feel that way a lot. Still today, twenty two years in, I feel that way a lot. Like I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> so I just go by feel. Like if it feels good, like musically, if that feels good, I'm going to do it. Right, but so. but you do know you, you you have the 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 knowledge now to go. I at least have a building block to start from right i mean you can yeah. you can lay down that yeah. foundation okay so so wait i, I don't want to jump too far ahead to now um at yeah. the same time yep you're 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 nine now you're 10 years old you said yep. you were playing you you were into sports and doing all that stuff did everything yep. come to a, did life come to a screeching halt yes immediately like i was i had played uh i was in baseball for six years um Collectively, I was in baseball for six years, and then I played my my the last season I played baseball was an all star run for me. And uh, oh, I, my mom used to have all my newspaper clippings from home runs because like that was my thing. I was pretty good at it, and I went, "Now I'm done. Like I don't need to play this anymore. I've got it figured out." Wait, so Jake, you could have been an all star baseball player right now if it wasn't Maybe. for six little metal strings. Yeah, they were more appealing. Yeah. And uh, and if you mess it up, they don't hit you in the side of the head at like 80 miles an hour. So Oh, good call. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. don't you don't I've have I've never been hit by a guitar. Not once. I have had an acoustic guitar broken <laughs> over my back. Literally someone grabbed it by the neck, swing, batter batter, breaking. Man. Uh, for some strange reason like that that story makes sense. I don't know why it doesn't surprise <laughs> me. I just go, yeah, that's that probably is a thing that happened to you. Yeah. Um, it was my choice and okay. it was, it was senior year in films is lit. Uh-huh. Uh, and we, we were making a class, a film. My little group was, um, about how to get a bill passed. And, okay. and we were doing this project on passing bills. No, maybe it wasn't, maybe it was in government actually, but we had to make videos Man, there was something. I think it was in government because because I don't I wouldn't expect if I was in films as lit that I would have wanted to do a video about bill passing a bill in Senate or something. Um, yeah, probably government. Yeah, it was probably government. And uh, so we had so the 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 what my 
wonderful, amazing friends uh, decided to do was point out the fact that I was a ginger. Oh. And uh, by that time, South Park was all the rage and gingers yes. don't have souls. Thanks. Fact. Thanks, Trey Parker and Matt Stone. <laughs> For um, ruining your teenage years. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, see, because before that, Archie made redheads cool. Sure. Not no, anymore. No. And no. so my friends, as wise they were, wanted to pass a bill to reverse and redhead discrimination. Gotcha. Uh, and I was the scapegoat and the brunt of all the jokes. And the opening scene to our thing was me getting attacked by three friends because I played guitar. And they broke the guitar over my back because I was just some stupid redhead playing guitar. And uh, and so then it was me then going through all the steps to pass a bill to get <laughs> to basically like protect future redhead musicians for assault. Man, you're not. Well, how's the saying go? You're not the hero they wanted. You're the hero they deserved. Yeah. <laughs> Take one for the team. Yeah, I think I think I got a C nice. on that project and a, a broken guitar to remember that. Well, one. I, yeah. I, I honestly don't even know where that video is anymore. Um, okay, so huh. yeah, I, I wish I, I I need to talk to my friends who probably have it maybe somewhere. Um, yeah. Okay, yeah. so so as a kid, mm-hmm. take me to like middle school, thirteen. Uh, mm-hmm. You're now probably f- you're like four years into guitar. What is yeah. middle school Jake like in Gotham, Indiana? Um, well, Goshen, G-O-S-H. Goshen, Goshen. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, All sorry. Good. All good. They won't take offense to it. It's it's. Anyways, uh, by by thirteen or fourteen, 13? right in there, middle school. Yeah. By then, uh, I was battling my way through the trumpet section of our concert band. So I had picked up trumpet and they didn't want guitar and band. Well, no, they didn't. So I, to play in jazz band in school, I picked up the trumpet. Sure. You had to be in concert band to play in jazz band, which had a guitar, which had me playing guitar with with my best friend. (laughs) So it worked out really well. Perfect. We were the guitar section there. Um, so I, I had picked up trumpet at that point. I was three years into it. I had, uh, and we had an awesome band director. He was competitive. So if you were sitting in second chair in your section, you could like challenge the people above you to move up. Yeah. Yeah. I did the same thing. So yeah. by the end of my eighth grade year, I was sitting as first seat, first chair on trumpet. Cause I couldn't stand to lose. Sure. <laughs> I was the band president. And then I was uh, the lead guitar player for our jazz band. So kind of everything musical I was into wholeheartedly. Did you, okay. So let me ask, let me ask a question as a little bit of a sidetrack. Cause I'm imagining yeah. me try, kind of in the same place, but by eighth grade, eighth grade, my, actually my eighth grade music teacher ruined cl- school music for me, killed it death to me. For, for for music from that man, um, but uh, you know, I want I tried in high school again, but I had just not not kept up chops, and you know there wasn't any kind of music in. Plus, conversely, sports became a thing, and I was just too tall for people to not want me to play basketball. 
Of course. Yeah. You know, I'm only six foot one and I, I get it all the time. Like, Oh, did you play basketball? <laughs> no, <laughs> I know. And then you have I'm not that tall and just skinny. Yeah. And then you just have the Goliath of me and well, Rusty's bigger than yeah. I am now. I mean, I still yeah. have him by about an inch, but he outweighs me by fucking 50 pounds. Yeah. As, as the, the, my memory goes, you're six, eight yep. and he's six, six. Yeah, yeah, I think he's six 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 seven somewhere right in that range. I, I'm so not, it's not every day. Like I find people taller than me that are that much taller than me, but yeah. also cool about it. So, yeah, thanks. yeah. Well, it's you know, it, it's it's funny because it wasn't. Man, you okay? You forget you're you're six one, and yeah. when someone walks up to you who's like five nine. You're looking basically at the top of their head. It's mm-hmm. only a little bit of a look down to look into their eyes. And they go, oh, you're so tall. And you're like, man, I'm like basically looking at your eyes. I'm not that tall. You forget yeah. about this chunk of forehead that's like five inches of, of height above your eyeballs, four inches, depending on the growth of head. Uh, sure. And that messed me up for a long time realizing that i had all this up here sure and uh and, and for the average person what's the average height for an american male right now it's like five, five nine nine five nine yeah so, so you've got damn near a foot on them and you're like hi person how are you yeah yeah well I, but but for people your height you're six one you know like my best friend forever has been is six one and i look yeah. at him and i don't feel seven inches taller than him nope there's, Nor should you. If your personalities match up, then the height, the physical height difference is irrelevant. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, If I was to think about it, I'm like an inch taller than him. Maybe. I'm more concerned as far as height goes and, and the daily struggles that lie within. I'm sure. more concerned with like, how do you find a bed? <laughs> how do you fly coach? Okay. How do you do most simple things for people? Well, let me ask you. Let me ask you. What, what size bed do you sleep in? King size. Me too. I have a king size go. as well. All right. Do you, do you go corner to corner? I uh, no, because I have a uh, bed hog of a girlfriend. Ah, and yeah. so so the 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 king size bed was ruled into by the Supreme Court of this house because we have two dogs that are both over a hundred pounds, um, and one of them is a hundred and seventy five pounds. So, what is it? A husky St. Bernard mix. What? Yes. 175 pounds, huh? Yeah. If I could get him in this room, if he would fit around the back corner of my table, I would show him to you. Um, yeah, yeah, no. So he he's a massive dog. Um, and he loves to get up on the bed for cuddles, just like any small dog would love to do. Because like me, he has no clue how big he is. <laughs> right? <laughs> no idea. Yep. Um, and None. And um, so, so the king size bed was brought into order because of the room necessary for me, who's gigantic, two dogs that are gigantic, and her, who's not. She's five five. So <laughs> you deal with this like cascading order of things. Well, when I get into a, a bed, and if I lay my head with a two pillow limit at the top, so one kind of spanning the back crease so it won't fall in, and then the second one for actual support. My feet are right above the ankle bone off the end of the bed. 
Okay. If I want so that's, to, that's, that's a distance a guy can get comfortable with. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine yeah. for just like, if I lay on my stomach, it's perfect. My toes just kind of funk, fall right off the end of the bed. It's fine. This morning, um, I guess I had scooted down the bed in the night to like get more arm stretch room or something like that. And yeah. a, a solid, I mean, from the middle of my shin, so uh, probably a solid 10 inches of leg was hanging off the bed so much so that I, w- I found my dog licking my toes this morning. That's how I got woken up that I was so far off that I was now intruding into my dog's bed on the floor. That's not right. No. Getting your toes licked awake. That's just, that's just wrong. It's, it's a struggle. Uh, do I fly coach? Unfortunately? Yes, I do. Yeah. Um, cause that's a miserable experience at my height. So let me tell you flying with a five, five girlfriend Mm -hmm. has its appeal because on a good airplane, you lift the middle thing up and then I can take two seats a spread and then she puts her legs over mine. So the crisscross. Yeah, yeah. You get the crisscross, you make a little tiny pretzel. Um, legs happen to fall asleep. You know, if someone ha- if the person on the window seat, because I always get aisle seat, I don't I haven't sat a window seat on an airplane since I was six fifteen years old. Huh. Probably 15 years old. Why? Uh, there is, it, it is almost impossible for me to take up only the width of the seat in front of me. So as I sit in the aisle so that one leg stretches all the way down in front of the next seat in front of me. And then the only time I ever have to move is when the food cart or the drink cart comes. Other than that, I have a big, long stretch. I can put my feet out. I, I take up the aisle on an airplane. I don't doubt that. I am. I know. I feel bad about it sometimes. I've gotten hit in the legs because it, in the middle of the night, they're pushing the cart down. They don't see my legs. All of a sudden, I'm hit. I It's it's worth it. Um, okay. So, struggle is real. So, as, as a 13-year-old, mm-hmm. what is your favorite band at this time? You're in middle school. You're in jazz band. You're doing mm-hmm. all that stuff. You're playing guitar. I'm assuming you're not yeah. still learning Elvis. Nope. Okay, so yeah, so what are you doing? What kind of music are you finding yourself gravitating towards as a as a 13 14 year old? Well, the the main influence is always Stevie. Always. <sighs> yeah. That was that was the number one driver once I started playing. Uh and we watched uh it was it was VH1 Legends. Sure. And they did a 45 minute piece on Stevie Ray Vaughan. And like, that was another one of those life changing moments for me where at the end of it, when they're playing life by the drop, I'm like, I'm in. And then it, it, it actually, the piece actually ends with little wing with his version of little wing. And they're doing like a fender factory tour along with old stock footage of blues legends. And like, that was so poignant right there. I went, okay, I'm in, I'm getting a strap, which is right over there. Yep out of frame and whether it's out of frame but it's there and i got that guitar and just went on my little merry way sitting there analyzing studying practicing uh, and cb ray vaughn's in the beginning it's a live album from i think 76 yeah great one was hugely prolific to me 
Um, that one in In Step, his last studio album, I did a ton of studying on both of those and, and just trying to figure them out. But like everybody that's ever done it, at a certain point you go, this, I don't sound at all like him. Like I got the notes right, but I can't play like that guy. Yeah. So I went, hmm, what else is out there? I got into uh, Blues Travelers. Uh, I love Blues Traveler. Well, Blues Travelers album, uh, Travelers and Thieves. Mm-hmm. That album is so cool. And then uh, another one of the big game changers for me was the Brian Setzer Orchestra. When I discovered that, I went, okay, I get it. Like the whole rockabilly thing hit me hard and the, the big band influence hit me hard because I was playing in a horn section. Sure. Oh, man. Game changer. Straight up. All right. So, so you're, it sounds like you kind of, you're going into high school at this point, knowing, mm-hmm. knowing what you want. I mean, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're probably a freshman going, I'm a fucking musician. Like, that's just oh, what yeah. I do. Right. Okay. Did you, did you feel any isolation because of that? Did you, were you ever a guy that struggled with self-esteem? Were you ever a guy that kind of dealt with uh, 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 second guessing yourself, being a little insecure? Did you, were you ever that kind of, pro, you know, well, session? At, at 14, like I was a hundred and maybe 30 pounds yeah. and the better part of six feet tall. Yeah. I had, uh, I wore glasses. Yeah. Right. You get it. You know, I wore glasses. I had braces and I had some pretty horrendous acne for, from like 10 years, 10 years old to about 17. Really? So like the self-esteem thing was always big for me. And I just was isolated it? myself into music. I had my friends and, and uh, I kind of figured out early on, I was just going to be myself. Like I was just going to be me regardless. And the when, people that were attracted to that were instant friends, like what, right now, forever. So, so, so was that something? So, I want, I want to elaborate because that—that's yeah. actually a really crucial point. You figured out you were just going to be yourself. So, I kind of have two questions for it. One was that something yeah. that was was de- was departed on you by your parents? Was that something that they yep. like? No. You, so you just figured out. Okay. And two, did you did you identify that? as a static thing or did you recognize that it was a uh, uh, play-doh it was changing the you that you thought you were then d- how did you feel about that at that time i i didn't recognize that at all i was 19 years old and i like before i finally clicked before that idea finally clicked in my head and i recognized that it was a real occurrence occurrence for me i was 19 i had just split with a girlfriend and the same day i met kayla who's been my wife now for, uh, we got married in 2013. <laughs> math, math, math. Yeah. <laughs> seven we years. Seven in years. Yeah. Okay. So the same day. And, but it was on that day. I went, never again will I be disingenuous for <sighs> anybody. Yeah. Ever. It's, it's, I'm just, I'm just going to be my natural self and the people that are attracted to it are along with me for the ride and like, God bless them for doing it. So, so at a young age going into high yeah. school, you recognize that you just had to be you, but it wasn't until mm-hmm. out of high school that you went, okay, there's still parts of me that are, man, yeah. that is so 
That is so fucking amazing that you got that at 19, dude. Because I don't even want to tell you how many years I wasted (laughs) after me being 19, still not even understanding. I mean, dude, if I had to be completely honest, I'm 33 now. You're you're what? You're 31? Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. So, it was probably 28 when I finally, and 27, when... I got broken up with, but it wasn't by a girl. It was by a band. And, Uh, and, and it was at that same moment that I recognized what I was pursuing was something that I had wanted because of the people around me, not because of me. So ultimately in it for the wrong reasons. I was in it. Well, no, so so it's it's funny. I I don't distinguish it like that. I I mm. I look at I look at the the band that I helped form that ended up being the band that moved here. Mm-hmm. Fighting Silence. We, I was in it because we all wanted to do it. What it was was I was compromising my integrity. And, and the music I actually wanted to write, the music that I would practice when I wasn't in band practice, that was the part of me I gave up for the bigger goal. It was, I, I was a part of a puzzle piece that was the only existence for my friends to feel what I was hoping I felt was to beak that part of the puzzle piece. You just fit, fill your role, you know, um, so so yeah. so it was that moment that I made that choice, which was you know almost a decade after you did. Which I'm, man, that's that's so cool. Okay, so better late than never, man. I know, man. I know. So okay, so high so high school, your freshman sophomore year, you're in Indiana, um, mm-hmm. still in band full time there. When did you get? Actually, in, when, no, I got out of band freshman year. Okay. How? Um, what happened? Like, and like I said, I was kind of, I was on top of everything in sure. middle school. And I went to the first day of concert band practice with all the high schoolers as a little 14 year old. And I went, I'm out. Oh, cause this there were, there were sophomores, juniors, seniors in there. And yeah, it just, like, it just wasn't for me. And I, I, it took me about 15 minutes of being in that band room with, with the high school age kids going, I'm over this. Ah. I've, I've plateaued and, and I'm moving on. Okay. So, so you got like out the, of, you, the you was gone for me. Yeah. You got over out of school organized band and just went back to playing guitar. Okay. So, so, so did you, did you then like start a band? Did you join a band? Did you like jam with other people or did you just play solo? What was, uh, man, I haven't thought about that in a while. Um, in high school, not really. Like before I you moved to Alaska, kind of before you off. moved. Okay, yeah. So yeah. you tapered off because because I would imagine kind of kind of. I want to get to where you moved to Alaska is really where I'm going. So mm. we're at, at what you said, sixteen into sophomore year, right? Is when you moved. Yeah, we we wrapped up our sophomore year like I think the last week of May 2005. I had gotten. In, in Indiana, you had to be at the time 16 years old and 30 days to get your driver's license, which happened for me like May 3rd. Oh, so wow. I get my driver's license. We finish the school year and then 
like June 1st or so, we were on the road coming up here. Oh, shit. Okay. And I was driving. Oh, and you so. were, oh, so, so, oh, yeah. so it's okay. So as a 16 year old, you drove the Alcan. Yep. Woo! How in is 2001 in a silver 2001 Volkswagen Beetle? <laughs> you better believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I could okay. I I drove it in a 2004 silver Nissan Sentra. Killer. So I, the Beetle though, I can't. I thought it was bad in a Sentra. In, yeah, in a, the, it wasn't too bad. Was it? So who was in the car? You and rotating family. Well, it was just uh, my my dad, my mother, and myself. My brother was already in college, so oh sure, okay, stayed, yeah, yeah, sure. He stayed in Indiana at at Indiana University. So, like, for the most part, it was just me and the Beetle, right. and my mom and my dad were driving the truck with the trailer and all of our stuff. Wow. Yeah. Okay. How how much older is your brother than you? He's three years older. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. So this year, he's, he's 34. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you guys pretty close? Um, not until about five years ago. Oh, really? And, yeah. Uh, around the time... <clears throat> Excuse me. Around the time my, or rather, our daughter was born. Yeah. Um, and like, like things started to clear it up in his life and making sense, and things started making sense in my life, and we kind of just went, why, why do we fight all the time? <laughs> like, uh, we're we're grown ass humans. Yeah. You have a different opinion than me, and that's fine. So be it. You're the only sibling I have on the planet. It's the way I look at it, dude. So, I. I'm over all that. Gotcha. Gotcha. I just want to have my brother, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so when, so the whole time you're like nine, 10, 11, learning guitar, you have a three year old older brother. Mm-hmm. Um, Which uh, was very much like the whole Stevie and Jimmy Vaughn thing. Like he was, he was bigger, he was tougher, yeah. <laughs> he was way smarter than me. So, like it was, the, so guitar playing was the one area where I caught up to him really fast. What was he into? And, uh, in- Kind of a, a lot book. of the same stuff, but okay. he was a big Hendrix nut. Hendrix was his thing. Hendrix and the Beatles and that kind of stuff. So what, whatever, like when I turned off my music, that's what was playing in the other room, you know? Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, good times. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, yeah. It's that's man. It's 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 funny because it parts of it just your little description there are so relatable between me and Rust. But oh, the, I'm sure. But but you know the competitiveness thing was was funny because uh, I was more of the outdoor sports guy wh- extroverted um and Rusty's introverted um all day all <laughs> to a to a T um but he was the one who really quickly caught up smarts wise to me right. and and by the time you know I'm a 16 17 year old in high school and Rusty's uh, 13, 14, 15, right in that range. And he's composing big musical pieces and like f- writing all this stuff and thinking in a language that I was like, dude, what are you doing? Wasting all that time with, Do you know, this so- like, ah, uh, ah, uh, so funny. So that's no wonder you two got yeah. along. Okay. So you're, yeah. you, d- when you're, you're, you're 16 and three weeks or whatever it is. Um, and you're in a beetle and you're driving through Canada. Ah, yeah. I had made another musical discovery by this point and I had nothing but time to sit and listen to it. What was that musical discovery? uh, 
less than Jake. Oh, they had they had come into the picture in two thousand four, and I had never heard punk rock with horns. That yeah. was a totally new experience to me, and I went, "What the shit was that?" And where do I get more? Sure, uh, sure. And so, so I had less than Jake's B is for B sides, and I had less than Jake's anthem. And I don't know how I didn't burn those two discs down to the ground in a portable CD player with a cassette adapter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I miss those cassette adapters, man. Those were the they best. Great. They are. They were the best. Uh, I actually still have a neighbor two streets down. He drives a 97 Subaru Outback and he still uses an MP3 player to a tape adapter because he never changed the radio in that Subaru. I, it's, it's it's pretty cool. He also grows corn and sunflowers in his front yard. Well, you never know when you're going to get a, well, in the, as they say in the, in Indiana, a hankering. Yeah. You never know when you're going to get a hankering for some sweet corn That's it, or man. sunflower seeds. Yeah. Yeah, he I, I, he he has a pretty big garden. Okay, man. So so lesson, Jake. So you're you're you found kind of the <laughs> you actually made it a pretty interesting journey through your rock discovery, starting at kind of a yeah. uh, a country thing, and then yep. finding Elvis and going, oh, okay, that's where country came from, but that's also kind of where rock came from, mm-hmm. and then then you. S- go on a little further and it's stevie and that's like the that's like the culmination of rock to that point not not prog but just rock to that point with blues and southern twang in it like i mean yeah and then you go oh punk yeah yeah let me just throw you a curveball you know let's throw toss some punk in there or ska, rather, to be more yeah, specific. Yeah, 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 yeah. Less than Jake yeah. would be ska. And so, like, Real Big Fish probably came real soon after that. And yep. uh, um, Mighty Mighty Boss Towns. Yes, yeah. I was, yeah. I was just going to say that. Um, okay. I wish I had gotten into Goldfinger earlier, but I remember them on, on Tony Hawk. They had, uh, what the hell is that song called? It was, it's their big hit, but it was on the first Tony Hawk game. And, like, and I remember every time it'd come on, I'd get super excited. I don't yeah, remember. I, I I don't remember. I, I I unfortunately never played Tony Hawk. I'm one of those oh. people that. Oh, you're uh, a purist. Well, if you want to say so, uh, we never had a PlayStation ever. I've never owned one. Uh, actually, not to lie, in our house we have a PS2. Oh, but, nice. But it's only used so Beth can play Spyro and Crash Bandicoot. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> no, nothing wrong. You do wrong. you, honey. You yes. do you. I know, I know. Um, but in, injected into that, like that musical fruit salad, let's call yeah, it. Sure, please, please. Plus also, I've, I found toxicity around that time. So let's throw some really true weirdness into it, right? Yeah. Um, I had also started getting into, into hard rock a lot more, which with a grain of salt, hard rock, early 2000s stuff. So you're, you're talking, let me, let me guess, let me guess. Uh, Godsmack? Sure uh disturbed yep um would there be breaking benjamin absolutely okay um yeah. um oh let me think um uh a little heavy did you get heavier than that or was that no, kind of the lo- really lincoln park lincoln park lincoln park well you gotta have lincoln park in there yeah yeah um um what about like things like some 41 
Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So some 41 blink. Uh, were yeah. you, were you ever a, a my chemical romance type guy? Negative. Good. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, Jake. I'm so glad you gave that a fucking negative. Ugh. Okay. Emo so- never, it, it never hit me. Like I had somebody gave me an album from census fail one time. That's about as close as I ever came. Census, was, census yeah. fail has one good song. As far as I'm concerned, you're absolutely right. I don't even know what it's called anymore. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. but it was on Guitar Hero. Fair enough. That's the only one I know by Senses Fail. It was on Guitar Hero and it was fun and, to play. Yeah, right? And I remember the day. Uh, I don't remember what the class was. I don't remember the kid's name anymore. But he's like, dude, you got to check this out, bro. And he hands me this CD player and headphones. And he puts on this track called And Justice for All. I remember that day. I remember the way the room looks, and I remember how it felt to hear that for the first time. So he put on the song or the album? The song. Okay. And I took my ass home, and I transposed that song onto an acoustic guitar for fun. (laughs) Amazing. I'm like, what the hell was that? Yeah. I had never heard anything like it. So, okay. So, 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 awesome moment in my life, too. So then you discover Metallica. Metallic, yeah. Metallica, um, yeah, so Metallica, and 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 thrash in its glory. Um, oh man! So, did that then make you want to play fast? Was that Not really? What, no, it didn't. Not really, but I appreciated the hell out of it, and I, I loved listening to it. And it's kind of true for me today, where. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not a metal guitar player. No, but I love listening to it. Well, it's it's funny because I want to talk about two things. I want to talk about your 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 2020 ventures musically that mm-hmm. you've been doing, which I love, dude. I love your direction, everything you. that your your idea, your composure. Uh, I mean, I know it's all your brainchild. I can kind of hear it in yeah. in you, you know, and. It's it that works great, and I want to I want to get into Sonic Karma because that was when I got introduced to you musically. That was that was what made me go, huh? Jake is more than I thought he was. Hmm? He's a what? So with a okay. hard age, right? What? Right. So so was was and justice for all and that kind of uh, the the you know the branchiest. Metallica album um did that push you into did that okay did that turn you into wanting heavier stuff or did that make you want more complex stuff I would have to go with more classic rock <laughs> like neither of those Oh so did it, it it pushed you backwards Yeah so like uh, in, so, in time yes So like deep purple go I got into all kinds of weird shit everything from Ario Speedwagon to uh Yes, uh, we had like this long stack of greatest hits albums because my mom wouldn't buy every album from a band; she'd buy their greatest hits album. Mm. So that's how I got introduced to a lot of that stuff. Yes, interestingly enough, wasn't on the list at all, and neither was Rush. So I discovered those as an adult. Wow. Yeah, I know. I feel like I missed out. Thanks, mom. Well, hey, <laughs> I I get it. I get it. Those two bands in particular are a, a yeah. little hard cells for most uh i guess they would call them plebs 
most normal people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're, like, they're... Well, I could put on 2112 or I could go listen to less than Jake. Album someone else. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm, I'm still to this day, totally enamored with less than Jake. I was just watching one of their videos. They're great. I still love them as much today as I ever have. So I tell you, I tell the, the band for me that was kind of like that was, um, um, Jimmy E. World. Okay. Mm-hmm. For me, th- I just saw him in concert. I guess it would have been t- shit. Was it last summer? Last summer or two summers ago with Third Eye Blind. Nice. And I watched, and then I had seen them two years before that with Incubus. And oh. Incubus is one of those that I'm oh. sure you had in the mix at that time, right? Oh, hell yeah, dude. Yes. Incubus. That, was, that was the one thing my brother and I could agree on in life was Incubus. Now, with that being said. So you guys like, so you guys are arguing then you put on Wish You Were Here and Hug? <laughs> uh, well, something like that. We both agreed that the band was killer, but we had different opinions on which album was best. Was he a, fun- was he a science or fungus among us guy? absolutely both of those yeah and he's like morning view is the worst piece of garbage and, and you're heard. like you're like morning view light grenades and uh uh i would have to guess probably um oh what's the one right before morning view um no i'm drawing a blank on it um oh god um science absolutely blew my mind though so- yeah. That is one of the, the craziest Sonic albums I've ever heard. That son of a bitch is all over the place, but it all works. It it all works. Yeah, science science was like it. What what Incubus did to science that album? What uh, what System of a Down did to steal this album? Oh man, you know they were kind of these just. Let us puke out everything in our brains here and love it, because it's not yeah. bad. Because it's not bad. <laughs> yeah, well, it'll do. Yeah. It'll do. Yeah, they need a record. We'll just give them this one. Yeah, no, Inc- Incubus is fucking amazing. Wild. I was, I was, I was enamored, completely enamored by Brandon Boyd's voice. Um, sure, they're that's getting, easy to do. You know, the, the, their bass player is is amazing. I cannot remember the, his name for the life of me, but he's fucking amazing. Um, you know, then there's 311, and no one cannot love 311. And you know, uh, I saw them not recently long ago either. Uh, God bless it. I know. I had, that. <laughs> I had a little group of friends and uh, a story I've never told before to to anybody ever. Uh, but our little group of friends liked to get into a certain substance that was green and flowery hundred, yep. on, on the weekend. And I remember put on and like he was that one kid in the group that was older than all of us. I think he was 19 and we were about 15. I love those guys. <laughs> yeah, man. There's, there's one in every crowd. Right? That's, that's serious. So he puts on um, he put on like 311's greatest hits album. And I had never heard 311. And it was like. I've seen them, I don't know how many times. I've met them twice. Yeah. My wife and I have had a ton of awesome experiences with like following 311 and going to shows and isn't, stuff like that over the years. Isn't Peanut, and it all stemmed from this one little night, you know? Okay, so so you're 15. How high'd you get? Baked, uh, like ridiculous? <laughs> no, manageable. 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 Yeah. For but it's for a 15 high. year old, right? 
Yeah. Okay. That was uh, enough for me. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. So, what's I I can't even imagine because three eleven I discovered when I was like nineteen. Um, man. And uh, yeah, I've combed through that catalog hundreds of times, and and you find something new every time, and like put on the album Transistor, oh. and just go with it. Prisoner, yeah. man, Prisoner off of Transistor is probably my favorite 311 song. It, I, because it's weird. That whole album is just super obscure. Yeah, no, Transistor's Transistor is that 311 album, kind of like Science or yep. Yeah, that's um, it's a weird one, and it bums me out that th- I, like when I just saw him play live the la- this last year, they didn't play one song off that album. No, they probably won't. It's it makes me so sad. I know. You know. I know. I used to have uh I used to have some three eleven swag in here. I need to put it back up. One oh, of these days I'll do that. That'll look good. Well, hey, no one no one yeah. can tell anyway, you know. <laughs> L- luckily for we're we're playing the true radio game where they only get to uh hear how That's beautiful good. we look. That's good. I've got a face made for radio, so that that's, that's good. Th- th- I've been saying that about as long as I can remember. That yeah. uh, I I would much rather sit obscured behind a voice than have to have my face do all the heavy lifting. Yeah, I'm too weird for that. Yeah, yeah. I'm just I, gonna, I get it. I'm just going to end up like making eye contact for too long, or like <laughs> I'm going to do something funny with my mouth, and then people can be like, "Does he?" Yeah, it's it it gets bad quick. It's just his normal face. Like, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Like the the last video that I did that's 30 seconds long is just a guitar solo. And that's why I did that. I wanted to do a bunch of weird, awkward eye contact that was too long to be comfortable. Yeah. You 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 remind me of Ben Eller. Do you know who Ben, ben Eller Ben Eller is? Mm-mm. Okay, bro. I have a little bit of homework. After this, go on to YouTube's the tube of views and search up Ben Eller. E-L-L-E-R. Um, he is a phenomenal guitar player. Uh, he lives in Knoxville. Um, he, he's kind of like a studio session musician. Um, but he, he spent like, it's funny cause he lives in Knoxville. So he, he played, you, you, you've heard of Andy Wood, right? You know who Andy Wood is? Uh, refresh my memory. Andy Wood guitars. Oh man. Um, I, I honestly don't know him other than his solo projects. His name mm. is Andy Wood. So you need to check him oh, out as well because Andy Wood will blow your mind, bro. If you want to feel like like we talked about a little earlier where we just don't know what we're doing still. <laughs> uh, Andy, Andy Wood and Ben Eller are kind of like my two go-to guys on YouTube for just watching breakdown videos song videos uh technique videos can you play like this um ben eller's a great he's fantastic um he does this uh he does this thing called wink uh weekend wank shop where he breaks down riffs or solo ideas or progressions and shows them and tabs them out for you and does so he does the weekend wank shop and then uh this and then his other series i love is this is why you suck at guitar and he goes through and he breaks. I don't want to watch that. It'll, it'll all be true and I'll just be offended. Uh, you will learn because what 
he because because I am I am one of the heretics where I'm a bass player, but I only play with a pick. <gasps> yes. Does Davey five hundred four know about this? Uh, I will never tell Davey five hundred four. Um, but I I have chosen to continue that through much flack from my music community here um, because I played and spent so much time getting good with a pick on a guitar that when it came time for me to pick up a bass because I needed to be a bass player, I could, Mm -hmm. I already had my right hand, left hand sync. I mean, it's there. I don't even have to think about it, you know? And so all I had to do now was learn to skip strings in bigger patches. And my right. hand just had to be faster on those skips. Other than that, down picks all the same, alternate picking's the same. Like, you know. Yeah, buddy. And so, and then I, I tell myself, if Petrucci can play that fast with a pick, I can play that fast with a pick. I don't care how big my strings are. Now, that's, that's a lofty goal. If you ever achieve it, well, then good oh, oh. on you. I'm just, I'm merely pointing out that someone can play that fast. Yeah, yeah it's possible. I don't know how. No. Well, your brother and I have discussed this on numerous occasions, numerous occasions, and we're not really sure that he is, in fact, a human being. He is at least paid for one arm replaced. Fair. He I needs mean, it. I mean, uh, he's, he's the only guy I know who can legit downpick faster than James Hetfield. It's insanity to watch live. Yeah, it is. Yeah, we've both been oh. to Dream Theater shows, and yeah, uh, I go, I cannot believe they're real. You know, <laughs> um, the, it is. It is kind of one of those 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 mind blowing moments in your musical life when you see that happen live and realize that no one else alive does that live. Not like they do. No. Mm-mm. Nobody I've ever seen put on a show like they did. And it was just damned impressive. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I can't even say that I got the best show of them because when when they came through town, it was on the Astonishing Tour. So, mm-hmm. granted, I was watching the Astonishing, which isn't their best, but I it's not bad. I mean, it's like trying to rank... Rush albums. I mean, good luck. Yeah, um, you kind of like you kind of just have to go with whatever resonates with you. I think is the only fair way to judge an album. Ag- agree. If, whether or not it's their greatest, like take uh, let's go with something common like Metallica. Right? If if sure. Load is the album that got you into them, that's your album. Yeah. That's the one. Like for me, uh, it's Systematic Chaos. Your brother handed me a copy of it, and I went, "What the fuck." just happened yeah train of thought for me well there you go that's super understandable it was what a great album at, at that time it was the heaviest thing i'd ever heard yeah and and i had and and when i heard train of thought i had i was listening to like early kill switch early 36 crazy fists hate nice. hate breed um um early chimera um lama god um, Oof, you yeah. know, I mean, you know, yeah. you know, I was listening to heavy music and then you hear the very beginning to this dying soul 
and you go, I, oh. my life is fading before my eyes. I'm struggling to find my breath. My hairs, hairs on my hairs are standing up. Love it. I know. Oh God! <laughs> it just it, uh, it blows my mind. Okay, um, man, I I I I skipped a bit already. Anyways, lengthy sidetrack later. Here we are. <sighs> I love those roundabout talks. Speaking of yeah. yes, roundabout. Um, uh, okay, so you moved to Alaska. You're 16 and a half. Yeah. Uh, what was your impression impression of one? You get to Alaska. And it's obviously not Indiana, right? Very much. Um, yeah. The town is far smaller. Yep. And uh, the people are far different. How did you adapt? Uh, we, let's see, We when we first got here, we were renting a house between Kenai and Soldata. And then we were there for like 30 days. And then our temporary lease was up, so we had to find a new place to live. And we went to another 30-day rental, which was in Sterling. And at that time, I had to register for school. And I was living in Sterling, so I registered at Skyview. Sure. And then 30 days after that, we moved to Kenai. Uh, oh. Actually, to, uh, to um, Beaver Loop. Oh, okay. So my drive went from being like 10 minutes to 20 minutes. Yeah. In the middle of winter. And I distinctly remember that winter uh, going out to start my 1995 Ford Ranger. Mm. And it was 36 below zero. And I went, what the hell am I doing here? Why did I ever agree to this? <laughs> God. Yeah. And pe- was people a solid the- 25 degrees colder than I had ever experienced. And yeah. like, it's just, it's, it's literally breathtaking when you're not used to it. Well, hey. 10, 10 below is cold. Mm-hmm. The Midwest sees it all the time. They get cold stamps. There's a different kind of cold above 60 degrees latitude, longitude. Yes, there is, man. Like the first time you get off the plane in Prudhoe Bay and the, and the 40, the 40 below wind and the 40 below air hits you with the windshield to it. And, and it literally takes your breath away. Oh yeah. And it, You've never been in it. It's hard to describe, but you can't breathe. Yeah, yeah. For the first few seconds, the the first the first time I did, I had never, I didn't think I could get in a truck that fast. It was yeah. just like like you're not, yeah, you're not ready for it. And and when I was up there, it was in like February. Nice, good and cold, right yeah. in the middle of winter. Yeah, yeah, good and cold. Uh, just starting to get a little more sunshine. Just starting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Don't you miss it? No, no, <laughs> not at all. Nope. Sure don't. I, uh, I, I love the fact that last winter we didn't get one drop of snow where I live. Um, oh. and just the other day it was eighty-five degrees outside. What? Yeah. That'd be nice. That's perfect motorcycle riding weather. 85, for, do, 85 is pretty much perfect anything weather. You can hang out in a pool. Mm-hmm. Perfect. You ride a motorcycle. Perfect. You can go oh, yeah. to the beach and hang out. Perfect. You can go tubing on the river. Perfect. Disc golf. Perfect. 
Uh, and as long as you're not doing like distance running in 85, because ain't nobody got time for that. It's hot. That's just hot. See, see, I would, I would hear you, but the time I spent in Arizona tells me that 85 is nothing. Uh, well, a friend uh, of mine posted their weather for this week and it was like 115. Yeah. And uh, they had, um, I don't even remember what the term was or the, the terminology for it was, but like a heat warning for dangerous temperatures. 115. Mm. Nope. And scorpions. Nope. I'm out. So, so, so let me tell you, I was, I was this naive kid who just m- much like you, uh, shortly after moving away from the place that you're used to, to somewhere completely foreign, you go, what did I sign myself up for? Um, when I left, when I left, Alaska to move to Arizona right out of high school. It was like August, September. I think it was August because school started in September. So I had to be there by then. So it was like August um, of 2005. And I moved there and that was at the tail end of the hotness of summer. Now, days were still over 100 every day, but nights would get down to like 85, 80. Beautiful weather. Perfect. 80 degrees at nighttime is so fucking great. It is Isn't like it? it is like you you walk outside and you do you need no clothes. And no, yeah, it's 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 just about perfect. And then it it turns into winter in the desert time there. And so nights now get to like 50. Couple mornings, there were a couple mornings we actually had frozen puddles water puddles it had frozen a couple times because the desert gets cold in the nighttime in the sure. winter um and then the next summer the summer of 2006 was a record setting summer for arizona yeah. nice and, and they went 187 days something really close 183 days without rain that's possible 183 days without rain. It was a record in 2006. You can wow. look it up. Um, it was a drought, and they they saw some of the hottest temperatures Arizona ever saw during that time. Uh, I bet. There, there was w- one day in particular, I remember, um, I was a roofer at the time because that's what you, I had to do. And I was oh. up on a roof. We had to start at 3 a.m., and be done by noon because it got too hot at noon. Yep. And uh, it was 132 degrees <laughs> on the roof at at 11 in the morning. Man, it's it's crazy. That's that is insane to me. It it it's was like when people when people ask you know how do you deal with the cold in Alaska? I say it's, it's just like being someplace hot, right? You spend the minimal amount of time outside. Yeah. And you hydrate. <laughs> yeah. Or you die. Yeah, yeah. So in in the winter, you can always put on more clothes. Absolutely. You can only take off so much. Yeah, you can't take off your skin and all the heat that goes along with it. <laughs> and it still be acceptable in public. You can take off your own skin. You just have to do that in your own privacy. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, Um man, that's insane. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Yeah, Prudhoe Bay sucks too. Um, <laughs> uh, honestly, though, I would rather be in the hot than the cold. Hmm. I would rather take a hundred degrees every day 
than 40 below every day. Mm. Yeah, I can definitely see that. You can live in 100. Oh, yeah. Bare minimum. Uh, Yeah. In the cold, though, mm -mm, you'll die. Quick. (laughs) Quick. You'll die real quick. So, so, so it was high school. Rusty introduced you to Dream Theater. That's when it started. That's when it started. And speaking of your brother. Yeah, please. I had, uh, coming from Indiana, I was ahead in credits. I only had half days my junior year. And one of the classes that I was taking was music. Because why wouldn't I? Of course. And that's when I met your brother. Peterson? And Yep. Mr. Ah, uh, yes. Yep. Shout out to Kent. And- and he's still just as awesome today as he was then. Isn't Ken, I, uh, isn't he kind of the raddest dude? Isn't it pretty much? Man, we had a gang of teachers in that school that turned out to be pretty solid human beings, dude. Right. I wish I would recognize that earlier. The same. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Would have been would have been a lot more fun with them for sure. Uh, but Rusty. I, I mean, and anybody who knew him then will just distinctly remember the CD player in the pocket and, and the wrapper on headphones around his neck with the backwards hat. I mean, <laughs> everybody gets that reference. Yeah. That was just rusty. He, didn't he wear headphones when he walked in his robe, cap and robe? Was yes. he wearing headphones around his neck when he walked? Yeah. <laughs> Only rusty, right? Yeah. That's, that's the beauty of it. Like, well, let it, me let me tell a little rusty story real fast. I I don't want to cut you off, on. but but Not at all. but but what what those head headphones were were a continuation of every other safety implement he created for himself all of life before that. He had a favorite blanket. He had a favorite stuffed animal. He had a favorite book. He had a favorite action figure. I mean, he would carry around a giant blue space Godzilla into Safeway, into Fred Meyer, everywhere he went because it was just kind of his thing. And so that I think the headphones were the acceptable uh, <laughs> continuation for that in high school and that wasn't a three-foot-tall Godzilla. It'd be, hard to, it'd be hard to justify that. Like, yeah, this is my Godzilla and I'm ready for math. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I, I I understand it's swim class right now. Let me just set down Godzilla on the side of the pool when I jump in. Wait, wait. I'll be right back, little buddy. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. I only have twelve minutes of swimming to do. <laughs> it seems like a long time, but I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah. like, okay. Anyway, so so your distinct like, memory. Like, I don't. <sighs> uh, that's that's the distinct part. But like, I don't remember the day that I met him. I remember that it was in that class. Yeah. And we just kind of bonded immediately. And I don't know. I'd, I'd never met anybody like him. And, and moreover, someone who is so vastly more talented than I was on a stringed instrument. <sighs> Isn't like, it disgusting? And as a musician in general, like that dude's my crutch. I, I bring ideas. Like I conceptualize and I take them to him and go, how do I make this good? Yeah, <laughs> that's his thing, and he's extremely good at it. And yeah. I, w- I wouldn't have, or the music that I have created wouldn't be shit without that dude's input. Man, Lynch, it, man 
Yeah, yeah. There's, there's. I, I give so much credit to him for my playing as well. Um, if it wasn't, if it wasn't for him, dude. Hey, look at this. Let me move you over to my beautiful space theme backdrop. Nice, the old five string Yami. Yeah, still as beautiful as it's, ever. It has a lot of stickers on the back. It's uh, got character, man. And the neck now looks like this. Where awesome. my where all of my wear goes, because uh, when I got it, it didn't have that on the back of it. Mm-hmm. The, but uh, I play a little tougher than Rusty does. Um, he he had the Bryce. Ah, and you have the Bryce. Yes, and the Bryce is hanging on my wall. Oh, and hey, you have the Sonic Karma. Oh yeah, banner yeah. that you guys made. Okay, so yeah. so we played together at that. We've we played we've played two shows together, kind of quote unquote yeah. things. We played yeah, the, the garage w- show. Do you remember the or <laughs> where I blew up? Was it was it uh, Justin? <laughs> Justin's head. <laughs> well, the the eight string was just too much for everybody, and it was Bridget, the destroyer of worlds, was her name. Yeah, yeah. Happily so. That was one of the funnest nights in the world, dude. Honestly, it was a good one. For, yeah, it, there's the picture of me, you, and Rusty that night. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and we set up. We played that thing that the the tube the the uh, he blew a fuse for the main power supply for his head, and uh, he ended up just throwing everything in his car and going for a walk in the middle of winter uh, with no uh, shirt on. Seems like a strange thing to do, but hey, man. When your amp blows up, I think. <laughs> what else are you gonna do? Hey, it was uh, it was only a line six anyway, so don't <laughs> don't don't fret too much now. It was only a line six. No, and then what was the other place that we did in Kenai? Uh, in, yeah, it was a Toys for Tots show. Yeah, what was the name of that place? Not. Kid. Well, it, it had a different name. Yeah. At the time it was like a youth center or a place yeah. for kids to go. Yeah. And like the, there's been several of them in the area over the years and they're, they all make it about two years and then they shut down and then they'll, uh, another one will pop up a year or so later. And there's been several of them. The most recent one just shut down in Soldatna. Oh, it, gotcha. It, yeah. it, it, I mean, it, it seems like a good idea. It just can't sustain itself. Yeah. And that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I know that, that when we were there, you know, as, as fighting silence in that time, I, you know, we, we, I think we played six different shows in that place, trying to just get people to start getting used to going to a different place that wasn't cover tunes and fucking hooligans. But <laughs> man, that's, and that's the, the biggest crux of the mall around here. Like if you want to go see live music, you're going to a bar and it's going to be a cover band. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's the only option 99% of the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I get tired of it. Uh, uh, oh, man. I, you know, that's that's the exact reason I'm in Portland, man. Because yeah. uh, original music here is is insanely valued. It, you know, it's, it's, it's refreshing. Um, and you just have the, the, the connected level to people is... It's insane, man. It's insane. You know, LA's yeah, that a, sounds cool. LA's a three hour flight away. And and like my the guitar player in my band, um, he goes to Nam every year. And so nice. 
and and I was actually supposed to go this year, but finances didn't afford it. And then uh, all this then the is, Rona. Then the Rona. So that was yeah. that was that. Um, but yeah. So I, I, but hopefully twenty twenty one, Nam is back, and I'm I'm there, man. Yes. Hit up the PRS booth for me. Tell I will. Say hi. I will. <laughs> I will. Yeah. I love. Uh, I love those guitars. Um, okay. So. So we're in high school at this point. Are we following the timeline? I'm. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to go to a, a a a place of where you start. Like, what? What was the first? Was the first band you made and formed to play with? Like other uh you know p- kids people your own age sonic karma was that the pretty much yeah it was the first real attempt at it and i mean i found i found rusty and i found britain how and they okay. were both like displaced musicians that didn't have anywhere else to go and just like myself and i went how? why aren't we in a band like making music together so let me ask you this because i've i have thought about this and I want your opinion on it. I've I spent a lot of time thinking about this. What are the odds that in a town like Soldatna, you get a rhythm section like Rusty in Britain? Dude. In the same small town, in the same high school, who are both prog heads, who both had nowhere else to play. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It, the odds are terrible. You're almost talking like Getty Lee and Neil Pert in Canada. Close. <laughs> I mean, Close. yeah, it's wild, man. And to be, I mean, I wasn't at the front of that band. I wouldn't say that I was at the front of the band. Um, but to be in league with those guys around my playing, uh, <laughs> It's it's a tall order because you have to be on their level all the time, and their levels are ten constantly. There's no eights, there's no nines, there's no mistakes. It's just excellence. Yeah, and I'm just some jackass who plays guitar every once in a while, trying to keep up with them. Man, you you talk like we should play music together because I'm just some jackass who plays bass. You know what's funny? I'm sitting here with Studio One as well. So nice. uh we're compatible. Uh, okay. Duly we're, noted. We're compatible. Um yeah, no, Britain and Rusty are insane. Um mm-hmm. that they found each other, that uh, uh also what's amazing is they can put up with each other unrelentingly. For extended periods of time. Dude, and, and be just fine with that. Like that's cool. Yeah, I remember. I remember some of the the later high school. You know, I'm a senior. Rusty's a sophomore. Rusty and Britain are sophomores. And some of those extended gaming sessions that those two would lock themselves into would would be insane. We wouldn't see them for three days. I can totally believe that because <laughs> we used to do the same thing. Uh, a few years down the road, I'd, I'd go, yeah. hey, Russ, like, let's go to Blockbuster. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's go to Blockbuster and rent a game and play it until we beat it. And and, oh, by, yeah. and by a 24-pack of Mountain Dew. That's no shit. And like three pizzas. Yeah. How, how Man, much? Those, okay. Wait, Jake. Dude. Jake, how much Mountain Dew have you seen my brother consume in your friendship with him? 
Because uh, in 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 his heyday, in his heyday of Mountain Dew drinking, I was already in college and out. Like I know he ramped up his game after I left, and all he had then at that point was you and Jake, and you know a few other like. Did did it was excessive? <laughs> yeah, it was really excessive and intense. And uh, so I made it my mission to try to keep up with him, and that's just not physically possible. <laughs> turns out, you just end up with a gut ache and really tired. What's your favorite? What what's what's your favorite uh, soda beverage? Oh, Mountain Dew. For oh, sure. is it still Mountain Dew to the day? Yeah. All right. So and a week ago, a week ago, when I'm 31 years old, I need to change my habits. It's like a week ago. This just happened. That's so I'm I'm easing my way out of it. Are are you are you a purist or do you mess with the code reds? Do you mess with the Baja blasts? Do you mess with the I fuck with all of it. Good. (laughs) Good. Because Uh, every once in a while a Baja Blast is just exactly what you needed in life. I tell you what, there is there is far there's far and few in between that the refreshing nature of a Baja Blast and a Crunchwrap Supreme yes. lend together. Just that as a meal plan, just a Crunchwrap and a Baja. Dude, preach it. Or two Chalupas. Either way. Either, either way you way. go. Oh, damn it. I love me some Taco Bell. And it's been a couple weeks. Can I, can I share something yeah. with you? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so... I, I've I've lived in Portland now for seven years, almost. Yeah, seven years, right over seven years, somewhere, or almost seven years. Uh-huh. I don't know, somewhere. Last week, I had Carl's Jr. for the first time in seven years. Ooh, Ooh. was it? How was it? It was utterly disappointing. <laughs> Every time. Every single time, it's disappointing. I I thought I had gone long enough that they would. <laughs> I thought that <laughs> that was that was cute. I know that face. <laughs> um, I pushed the wrong button. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I I thought I had gone long enough that something would have changed. No, turns out nothing's changed. Then I my also thought was the last time I had had it was in Kenai. Sure. And I was like, there has to be something wrong with Alaska Carl's Jr. The lower 48 Carl's Jr. has to be different. Nope. Mm -hmm. Nope. (laughs) Just as bad. Nope. Uh, Yeah, ours closed. I don't, I didn't even remember when it was. It's been closed for years now and and still vacant. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. And nobody's surprised. That no oh, yeah, no one's surprised that it's vacant. Um, do yeah, you, do you um, bad. man, do you uh? Interesting, interesting. So, so what uh, what has it been like up there? Your experience? I, you know, I want to I want to jump into a couple more things, but I I feel kind of remiss if we didn't really quickly cover this. What is uh, what is kind of the whole? quarantine covid thing been like up there i haven't i you know, i spoke to rusty and my dad a couple times but i haven't really gotten a uh kind of out uh working man's uh view of this thing for me absolutely nothing has changed uh, we we all got letters for essential employees due to infrastructure oil and gas right yeah, yeah, so yeah. we we've literally been busy as hell since 
the well, since the inception, like everything kind of cratered for us for a moment when every when every different company that we work for went, oh shit, what are we gonna do? Right. Then they all developed their action plans and we've just been going nonstop. So how has how has the kind of uh uh you know, order of operations, I guess I would say change. Do you have a little more, you know, cause I'm, I'm thinking about when I was in the time and, and, and you're putting rigs up and you're moving stuff and, uh, you guys are rubbing shoulders and there's no distancing, All the time, man. <laughs> you know, All there's the time. there it's, it's, it's impossible to do. So, so is there yeah. anything that's changed that way for you guys? Or is it just kind of, uh, in some places, yeah. It's site-specific, though. So take the refinery, for instance, uh, which is owned by Marathon now. Okay. And they went, if you're going to have if you're gonna have two people in a pickup, they need to sit opposite each other, opposite corners, right? So you have a driver and somebody in the passenger seat in the back. What if it's and, a single cab? Or are they all quad cabs? Yeah, they're pretty much all quad cab these days. So, like, not only that, Moreover, you have to sit on opposite corners and everybody has to wear a respirator, full or a full half face respirator. And I guess they just started doing that in their meetings, too, because we all went, what the hell is the point if you have to if you have to wear a respirator and pick up. But as soon as you go into the meeting room where everybody is, you don't have to wear one. Right. That doesn't make any sense. You're either in or you're out. So when you're doing your when you're doing your 7 a.m.s. Um, Everybody's sitting in the the op cabin, the op trailer, having wearing masks now. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, well, they are. Fortunately, uh, we're we're kind of removed. So. Oh yeah, because you're crane crew. Because you're crane crew. Yeah, we're we're just Madonnas, man. Not even pre Madonna, just straight up like a virgin Madonnas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was funny because because when I worked for Peak, I worked with trucking when I worked for Peak, and um. Uh, so I would help the crane crew a lot in just, oh, yeah. in just setting up stuff. You know, I was obviously never rigging or anything like that. Um, but yeah, you guys were kind of like the rogue bandits that everybody wished they could be a part of. And if, and if, and if Hell you, yeah. and if you heard one of your friends was now going to be a helper for a crane guy, you're like, <gasps> you're in dude, you're in. That's what I love about it. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun for that reason. And you're sitting there still kicking 12 inch dunnage all over the place and rolling out black mat and uh, mm-hmm. all that fun stuff. And we're like, well, oh, I'm going to blast off here in my wink truck, <laughs> move your shit out of my way. Yeah. Uh, I've got eight other places to be today. Right. Right. So, are so, so you're, yeah. Cause you've been, you, I, I know you run Ridge truck a lot. Um, so are mm-hmm. you, what, uh, I'm just thinking what, what, uh, what are, what cranes specifically are you certified on? Um, what I did Manit- Man- that- big, big, like double beam Manitowocs and things like that, or. Well, it, it's pretty generic. Okay. Uh, as far as N, N- is concerned. So I tested out on, on lattice boom, truck crane, lattice boom, crawler, uh, telescopic squirt boom or telescopic hydraulic boom is what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. And then a uh, swing cab and fixed cab. So boom truck hydraulic squirt booms, crawler lattice, and truck-mounted lattice. Awesome. So pretty much everything except for offshore cranes and tower cranes is is inside of that realm. Gotcha. So now it, it's what my dad used to call license to learn. Uh, uh-huh. at, this, 
at this point, like it gives you the keys to open the door to learn. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I don't feel like I know much. I've worked around him my, my whole adult life. And my dad literally owned a crane. He had his own crane. So yeah. Yeah. uh, We grew up around him, but I got a lot to learn. And that's the fun of it after into my second decade of doing this is having a whole new set of challenges to learn. Like that excites me. I'm looking forward to it. So you're, yeah, I want to kind of round out this. You're, you're 31. Mm-hmm. You're a crane operator. Well, gonna be, yeah. You're, you're an, okay, you're, you're an equipment operator who's been running a lot of machinery and been around a lot in the field for over a decade, like you said. Yeah. Uh, you're a, you're a deuce decade musician. Um, oh yeah. Uh, and you're a father. How has being a dad accentuated your learn your drive for learning? Cause it's funny, the whole kind of conversation you round back to, you just have more to learn. You don't know enough yet. It's, it's this, this Always. pursuit for knowledge, a pursuit for happiness. How, has that been multiplied by having kids i'm i'm a kidless fuck here you know so it's it's funny all my little brother's friends are all making families and i'm just sitting here like i'm still a vagabond yeah i know making huge families apparently (sighs) look at them it's insane those little redhead kids (laughs) um you know what i come back to a lot of times the things that i'm telling my daughter who, I mean, she's five. So at this point in her life, I'm giving her knowledge and ways to think. Yes. I'm, I don't tell her what to do so much as I tell her how to approach thinking sure. about how to find out what to do on your own. Yeah. Um, but I, I hear myself say a lot of things that apply to me still as an adult and <laughs> as somebody who constantly needs guidance. Uh, it, it works out pretty well. I go, shit, I just said that. I guess I should do it too. I, I, yeah, like, I, oh yeah why don't i just go do the hard thing first so i can do the easy thing later or get my work done so i can fuck off and you know whatever it happens to be all things that i say to my children yeah like, that stuff still applies to me just as much as it does to them like i let me go mow the lawn so i can go ride my motorcycle <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah and then the, you know the, uh, the 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 counter that you would give yourself is yeah but the lawnmower is back there and the bike's only right there and the road is right there. And I have to go that, Oh man, I need gas now. Oh, I need to. Well, I mean, I'll just have to mow the grass tomorrow. It's too busy. Yeah. I mean, and, 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 and plus what if it rains tomorrow and I don't get the bike ride, but if it's a little bit of rain, I could still get the grass the next day. It doesn't grow that fast. I have quite, quite truthfully opened my door before like a day after it rained and I went, Hmm, still damp. Can't know yet. It's going to go right. When, uh, when, when was your first pull out of the bike this, this, this spring? Uh, March, like 23rd. It was early. Good. It was was 43 degrees and, uh, you had not nice at all. Did you have a couple little ruts of, of pavement, uh, where the tires had finally broken through and then the center sections of ice still? Uh, I try not to ride when there's ice on the pavement. Pavement's one thing. Like, yeah, I don't screw with that. If it's if it's icy, if it's wet, if it's slick, I'll stay at home. I'll wait. Okay, okay. Uh, 
What, what, if my driveway's got a little bit in it, though, I could probably make it out there because, you know, the highways always dry out first. Yep. And your, your busy roads always dry out first. It's always the damn driveways you got to worry about. So usually somewhere in March, I get a bobcat. I'll scrape my driveway clean and get all the ice off <laughs> it. And I start, I start ice melting like, if I'm not riding, it's because of me. Of course you bring home a tractor oh, to get your oh, bike. I'm ready. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic, Jake. Of course. Why did I even question? Of course you do. Um, why wouldn't I? Oh, that's, that's fantastic, man. Okay. So, so, uh. I guess take what I want. I want to come at, go into what you're doing now, mm. which I think is fantastic. You're putting out very conceptualized together singles. Correct. Um, do you, what is your goal? What's your what 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 are you aiming to to do? now like with with this are you are you wanting an album are you wanting to just express like yeah what 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 do you what are you doing man <laughs> well thank you for asking uh you know i was 29 years old at the time and i had i'd had my prs for about two years and i was sitting in my living room watching a tv show after work and it like it just hit me. I went, I have a two thousand dollar instrument that I bought that's sitting in a room not being touched. It's got dust on it. Yeah. And I went, This is just wrong. This is all wrong. Why the hell did I even buy it? So I, I pulled out my I had bought a cheapo laptop and I had Studio One from oh hell, uh two thousand ten, maybe. Mm. I had bought a recording package or two thousand eleven. 2011 i had bought this complete recording package and like and i just went i have everything why am i not using any of it and i went shit i don't have time for this either because my our work schedule is just ridiculous it yeah we're always on call we're on call 24 hours a day seven days a week until we die so when you get into something um or like you, you try to say you're going to set up a show <sighs> no you're not phone rang the phone rang and you got to go and and our my boss is as, as understanding as he can be. Sure. Um, but I just I just couldn't I couldn't commit to anything ever. So I went, oh, well, I know what I can do. I can make music from my house. <laughs> There's yeah. nobody who can stop me from doing that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I can work on it when I can. It's kind of at my own pace, which is why it takes forever for me to get singles out. Sure. But at least I can do it and I can create and I can I can find this outlet that gets me out of my work head that just wants to get shit done as fast as I can. It's almost and, like and, it's almost like bringing you the same escapement that you made the guitar as a kid. For sure. It's it's like my own outlet, my way to just yeah. get out of my head. Interesting. And then like, so the first single I released, right? Roll the dice. Like that was a little thing I was just jamming on one day. Yeah. And I said, oh, that's cool. I'm going to record it. And I lay it down, right? I've got the, the idea for the song is down in its infancy. And I went, huh? Well, you know what I need? I need a MIDI controller so I can program drums. Sure. Do all my own drums in house. Um, 
and figure out how to work in real drum tracks after that from having real players. So I ended up putting this whole song together and doing the bebop boobop thing on the keyboard, which is super awkward. It's yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> I've I've spent some time trying to program drums and what a pain in the ass. Uh, but I made it work and <laughs> I had written the bass line. I had a, an old Fender J bass that I had bought at a pawn shop, an American J bass for 450 bucks. It was just screaming good deal. Mm-hmm. So I put this whole song together and uh, I, w- I was introduced to Fiverr. Oh Have yeah. You ever been on there? Sure. Right? So that was all news to me. So I get this song done. And I'm like, shit. I just made a single. I should release it. How the hell do you release it? And uh, so it started me down this long track of like, I sent out my stuff to dudes on Fiverr and I had it mixed and mastered and uh, sent it. Uh, the digital versions were then recorded on analog and then sent back to digital for me in MP3 and wave file. So it's just, uh, I was learning this whole process of how to make your music sound like it should and get it out and do all that stuff, do artwork and yeah. distribution. And uh, so I learned all that from this space that I'm sitting in right now. That's and beautiful. I went, Whoa, that was fucking cool, man. I want to do it again. So where did, where did before, before we move on to the next song with roll the dice, where did the video shoot come in? I, I flew down to Chicago for that one. And I was there for did like, you- did 28 you, hours maybe 36 hours and you went you went to fast. chicago just mm-hmm. to do the shoot for it correct Woo, jake that's big that, <laughs> I, the, I tell you what man balls i wanted to go big balls. and i wanted to do something that that was that would be cool and, and outside of my normal realm of of thinking and and yeah. possibilities here because yeah. i mean you could do videos all day a quarter mile out my back window here oh yeah and have awesome Alaska scenery. In, uh, but my, I, I fight, fighting that, silence shot a music video in that great Alaskan scenery. There you go. And it looks great. I wanted something different. I kind of recognized that it turned into a Chicago blues piece when I put horns to it. Sure did. <laughs> sure. I'm did. like, well, there's, there's really only one choice yeah. and I, it's gotta be Chicago. I mean, dude, I pissed away a lot more money for a whole lot less than that video that I'll always have. What, uh, what, what, what g- throw me a little influence on the tie. Oh, the pink tie. Yes. Oh, I love the pink tie. So I went to buy a suit and I was, I was dealing with, uh, working with a tailor and uh, a style coordinator, style coach, if you want to call it that. And I said, dude, I want a Navy blue suit. I'm going to a wedding and I want to look fly. Right. So I want a Navy blue what would you recommend for a shirt and tie combination? And he handed me uh, a purple and pink striped white shirt. Yeah. With a small checker pattern, which I didn't think would work at all. And then a, a navy blue pocket square with pink flowers in it. And that bright, like neon pink. And it's paisley tie. It's a paisley pattern. Yeah. It, and it is like, but but bright pink. I mean, it is excavation pink. Yeah, buddy. It is survey pink. <laughs> and I thought, you're out of your fucking mind. I'm not wearing that. And I held it up against the suit and it made perfect sense. And I went, damn, that thing looks good. And it looks really good with this suit combination. And it went home with me. And that thing's just a conversation piece. And, all over. and with the color of your guitar. 
Mm-hmm. Because that was what I thought was like, damn, his guitar, <laughs> his guitar and his tie go well together. Okay, so so who did you take with you to film? I didn't. I found um I found an app for freelance service providers, kind of like Fiverr, but it's called Thumbtack and it's for real people. Oh shit. So I started watching through like promo videos from all these providers and I found this dude uh whose Instagram is uh Chogi Chogi Photo C U or C H U G I Photo. Chogi Photo, cool. And like I watched this promo video and it was exactly what I had in mind for doing a downtown Chicago shoot on the river. And I got a hold of him and set the whole thing up. And like that was some of the best money I ever spent. I, I walked away from that whole video. The whole thing only cost me five hundred dollars. Damn. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> he made me the deal of a lifetime. Because I, I kind of pled my case to him and said, here's what I can afford. And I just, uh, you're like, you're the guy I want to do this for me. That's huge. That's huge. And um, he was the best. And that guy is phenomenal. Well, if you ever wanted to. So let me know. I have, I have a couple things that I want to throw to you after we get off here. Um, cool. That are some connections that would be beneficial for you. Um, from people I've met here. So, so, cause, cause when I saw it, I instantly thought of one, you need to do more. Oh yeah. I'd love to. And two, um, you need to do more. And, and the, I think I, from, from an outside perspective, the only thing really stopping you is distance. Yep. You're exactly right. I mean, it, it, it's the difference is the hardest part. Like the isolation of being here yeah. limits everything. Yeah. So to get opportunities to go do stuff like that, it's a no brainer. Like, why wouldn't I? Of course. Okay. So when, what, what, uh, the second song, mm-hmm. vastly different. Yeah, vastly different. Yep. And that was another, I sat down with my little Fender amp back here my hot rod deluxe and I cranked the reverb on it one day and sat down with a strat and just played whatever came out. And it was that, that opening riff and it just reverberated against the whole damn room. And I went, all right, that was, that was cool. Mm -hmm. I'm going to work off of that. Where, where that that whole song is like structured around something you would normally hear. It's easily accessible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask where did the electronica come in? Like, where did that idea come from? Was it Fiverr again? Mostly, <laughs> um, for the the third song was the one that's all electronic. Oh, oh, oh! Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Third, yeah, yeah. Um, the second one's uh, the Lost in You. Lo- okay, oh, yes, Lost in you. yes. Lost in You was was the slower ballady yeah. one. And okay, okay. I I miss I misplaced those two. I thought you did the electronic good, one man. second. Okay, so lo- Lost in You was the slow one. Right. Yeah, that's and like uh, that that song just when I when I heard it. Uh, semi-completed I just like it's an emotional piece if you ever get the chance to listen to it in a in a quiet setting um just feel it out like it's all there there's a lot of love in that song there's a lot of love in the fingertips of that song let let me tell you I Rusty shared that with me 
because he was generous enough to to make it good by playing bass on it. He 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 asked me originally, "What do you think of the tone?" Huh. You know, we, we 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 go back and forth. We we uh we definitely are are bouncing. It's funny. We're both big giant redheads who play bass, and uh, and while we disagree, yes. you know, while. While we only disagree for the sake of disagreeing because we're brothers, we are largely in agreement on almost everything. Um, and so it's it's fun to have, you know, when I'm like for Earth to Ashes stuff that I'm doing now when we're when we were just been writing our new album, I'd be like, hey man, I uh I have this idea underneath of this guitar part, and I'll shoot him a little clip and I'm gonna go, What do you think of you know, it that all happens. And so um yeah, he showed me he showed me that you know for his basically asking some some ideas about his bass. Um but I I've, I've listened to that song a number of times. I can tell you you giving the advice for someone to listen to a place when it's quiet is quite accurate. I listen it's to it when it's best. I listen to it on the toilet. <laughs> quiet. Quiet. <laughs> Wonderful time. Uh, small room, headphones, everything. It kind of creates a nice space. I'm in a relaxed, prone position, uh, concentrating on my breathing. And it, <laughs> it it helps move me, if you will. It moves me, Jake. Um uh, no, it's sorry. no, it's it's great. It what what I loved and and in all in all seriousness, you know, I'm 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 wanting to be funny. Um and I'm trying, but I'm failing. In all seriousness, in all seriousness, uh, hearing your hearing the your take on Chicago blues on the first song was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. There, there's Jake. There's a little bit of Stevie, um, and that's what I would expect. And then you you slowed it down. You got emotional, and I went, oh, okay. There's there's that side of Jake. There is, mm. there is a place of, uh, you know, even watching the music video for Roll the Dice, right? Roll the Dice, right? Correct. I, I, I keep wanting to say Roll the Bones like Rush. And so it's, 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 it's hard for me to not want to say Roll the Bones. Uh, I wish I wrote Roll the Bones. <sighs> so good. Uh, um, know. You know, even watching the music video, you're, you're, your laughs, kind of your looks at the camera as you're playing, as the the camera's moving through the airport, moving across the waterfront, moving across, and and the slide, the the tie slowly gets more and more unpulled as you go through the video, and you know that the progression you made visually really represented you. Do you have an idea for a video for the second song? I had I had the whole thing in my head. Yeah, I actually got with uh, with our local dance company as it's called and i said i want i want to do a video and i want to get like three of your best dancers um senior age girls uh, because like it's all based on emotion right yeah yeah and all of it so i had talked to rusty about using the auditorium sure so i'd have a lighting and sound tech <laughs> he's I'd the have, guy i'd have an honest to god stage like I could put these dancers up there and do this whole, this whole bit. And like, I wanted to culminate because that song, the whole thing builds up through the solo section it and gets, then it drops, right? It gets and real. It's this moment of like, 
when oh yeah let me tell you let me tell you the emptiness oh. the emptiness after the solo is one of those kind of it, it creates this really vapid sense where you're it's almost like you had the wind knocked out of you and all you're doing is waiting for your body to go breathe again yes that's that's exactly what I was going for. Yeah. Like I wanted it to build and then just kind of like the whole vision for that video builds to that point where you, your dancers are, are, I mean, they're, they're giving it their everything, they're, right? They're, they're dancing. <laughs> ahead, everything's heavy. Yeah. And then at that moment, like I wanted them to just drop and take a breath mm. and just be out of breath. And recovering through that section. And then when the song starts picking back up again, if you next time you listen to it, you'll notice every every uh, every single part. So every guitar part has something nuanced and slight. And every bass part, as it repeats, has something nuanced and really cool to fill the space. Same with the drums. So every time in that section repeats itself, you're hearing something different. Our, and that kept it exciting. Yeah, yeah. It almost uncomfortably so mm. really really especially after everything builds up to that point and you're kind of waiting for it to give you you're waiting for the song to give you a, something solid to stand back on again and all mm -hmm. you really give them is a tiny slip and slide where yeah. where it's it's sitting on solid ground uh you've probably just mowed the grass it was dry enough for you to be fine with mowing it before your motorcycle ride and a slip and slide gets put out and there's not everything is just a little slippery mm -hmm. yeah yeah it, no it's it, it's interesting how it all came together and yeah. like i credit that largely to the phenomenal bass player that was on it <laughs> and the phenomenal rhythm section that i hired to play on that song yeah, yeah. who who else what performed with you it's a, he's a drummer out of Austin named Jason Meekins. Okay. And he's just, just a killer, killer drummer. So, so if, if I may ask, just because I'm, I'm curious about dynamics, um, mm. uh, have you, will, have you commissioned Britain? It almost seems like one of these songs should come out in kind of Sonic Karma fashion. It where, will. <laughs> is it, is it happening? Um, we we have a song that we need to finish that we started transition uh, two point <laughs> no, uh, please tell me please no. tell me you get a modern recording of that song at some point in time. I was playing through them before this while I was waiting, just playing through Sonic Karma songs. I was like, shit, I need to record at least at least two of these just for good measure. I tell you, transition two point needs to be modernly record with you guys as adults because awesome because the kids the kids who wrote that song mm -hmm. were kids absolutely you're it's like <laughs> listening to space divest and thinking of what dream theater becomes from that song boom yeah so boom. so i sprinkle some of that on it i would say please uh re redo it modern this is me getting my Sharpie and writing it down. Because uh, I tell you what, that's the favorite thing I've ever heard you guys create. 
all, all your other songs are great, but just the work of that, your riffing in that song. Um, I still go back and watch your state fair battle <laughs> of the band yeah. stuff and, and go, holy shit, this is these guys. I mean, at the time you were doing that, Scale the Summit hadn't even broke yet. I was, yeah, Rusty and I were definitely listening to them and... I have a song, uh, well, I rather, I don't have a song. I wrote a song called Dark Days, New Light. And like I pieced that whole thing together in a day and it just kind of happened. Yeah. And then I played it for Rusty and he's like, yeah, you can't deny the Scale the Summit influence on that one. I, that's fine with me because it's <laughs> rad. Well, yeah. Scale the Summit is rad. My song was just a, like a poor imitation of their grandeur at the time. Well, hell, I mean, shit, right. you know, like... I, I relate to that sentiment so hard, even even now with you know my band Earth to Ashes, m- my drummer and my guitar player because we're a three piece, and so um, yeah. power, you got to go with the power trio, man. And, Absolutely. And and since you know both of both of my the other members are one, they're both over fifty. I won't mm. disclose their ages. They're both over fifty, uh, and my drummer has seen Rush over twenty times in concert. What? Lucky bastard. Like, he is the biggest Rush fan I've ever met. And Did he's he my, go with you and Rusty? Uh, he was at that concert on the floor no. when we were in the seats. I didn't even know them yet. Of course, I ha- of course he was. I, at, When Rusty came down here, I hadn't even met the guys for my band now yet. Huh. Yeah. Um, but, Crazy, huh? But, yeah, oh, it is. But, but, you know, I can say that poor imitate, you know, our one of our new songs we've written right now is a fucking rush song. I mean, nice. y- y- you know, you put it, you put it in presto and it fits in like minus the keys, minus, minus the synth. Keyboards. What was that band? Uh, they released a song, I think it was two years ago and it went, it was huge and it sounded just like Zeppelin. You know what I'm talking about? A bunch of young kids. Yeah. What are like, those? And, and everybody shit on them for it. Like, Oh, this sounds so much like Zeppelin. Like yeah, but they they pulled it off. Yeah, yeah. What are those guys? Ah, I can't. You know, it's funny. I can't remember their names. Um, they did like Black Smoke Rising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're um they were young kids, and uh-huh. and here's what I found hilarious. Um, they did a bunch of they did a bunch of songs. They came out their first album. It was kind of a hit. People were going yeah. crazy, and then when they started doing interviews. They said, oh, yeah, Led Zeppelin isn't even an influence of ours. <laughs> like, this just happened organically. And when I that, heard them say insane. that, when I heard them say that, and the, the bass player is literally, I mean, he looks like John Paul Jones. Everything mm-hmm. about him is imitating that. And then you have the guy playing an SG. The guitar player is well, playing an SG, and they're using a 24-inch kick drum with a single hi hat or single snare, single rack tom. And I'm like, you guys are, you have the greatest agent of all time telling you know, you know, it was telling you not to say that or not to own it. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, Fuck they that. own it. It, what it made me think is having been in and seeing some of the behind the scenes shit that happens with some bigger bands, uh, they were put together to be that band. I can believe that totally. 
And uh, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they are all talented, and that kid can sing no matter what. It it just sucks that they kind of got marketed into a corner that you yeah, notice they haven't typecast. You haven't heard anything from them in two years, Mm-mm. and it's you know it's 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 one of those unfortunate circumstances where you get a bunch of talented kids and you tell them what to do and they do it and they make you what you wanted, but you didn't let those kids be original. Yeah, and then who and then bad. who who are they? They don't even know. I, well, they probably don't even know. How could you? Did you know when you were 21? Hell no. Right. Hell no. Right. You had only figured out at 19 that you didn't want to be fake anymore. You just still, you didn't even yeah. know who you were yet. You just didn't want to be fake. Beyond that. Interestingly, I, I had this t-shirt, oh. <laughs> this old Harley Davidson t-shirt that I'm wearing. I've had this thing for over a decade now. Still going strong. I love that. I have, I have, Not I have man. t-shirts from high school, dude. Yes. I, I won't yeah. let him go. I won't let him go. Um, no, okay. And l- take now, uh, you know, it kind of, we've gone transitionally mm. 2.0 ish through everything. Yeah. I see what you did there. All right. Uh, <laughs> what your you made such a drastic change for your third song. Uh, huh. how did that come about? And, are you an electronica fan or do you where I did it to me, it was one of those things where I didn't even see it coming. That was, that's why I did it. That was a left field. Um, you know, again, I, I sat down one day behind the keys, which isn't a thing that I do. I'm not a pianist. I can't navigate the ivory to save my life. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm a musician. Notes are notes. Notes are notes. Melodies are melodies. Catchy is catchy. Yeah. So I sat down and I thought, well, how can I take this and, and and just make it blow up? And on that song, I have credited two other songwriters, uh, yeah. the guy that produced it and the guy that did all of my rhythm tracks. So the guy that produced it for me is in Caracas, Venezuela. Woo! And the guy that did all the Latin percussion and all of the, the rhythmic expansions um, is in Argentina. That's amazing. So, yeah. I mean, there's there's no reason, like, I can't do this, right? Yeah. Just being one jackass from Indiana. I mean, I can – like, the world is your burrito at this point. It's really small. <laughs> so, I mean, you can get on. You need a guy to produce a track for you. Done. Not a problem. Moving on. So, we took this idea for a little electronic song, and I said, hey, man, you produce it and do what you think it needs. Um, but I want to do something different. It's so I want to, I kind of want my catalog to be as diverse as my, my listening pleasure, if you will. Uh, I I've always said there are no bad genres. There are only bad artists. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, oh, wait. So there's, there's uh, I'll no, listen. No, there's no bad genre. There's only bad artists. Yep. Whew. That's my life's motto right there. That's that's actually a bit Huh. Okay, I'm going to have to think on that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to have that. to I'm going to have to mold that over in my head because that makes me interesting, Jake. Yeah, it, that that's genuinely 100% how I feel about it. 
<clears throat> there isn't a genre I won't listen to, but there are absolutely artists that I have no interest in. Hmm. Interesting. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Very cool. So that's, that's my thinking. But I like doing all kinds of stuff. I like all kinds of different music. Like I don't want to be rooted or, or rather uh, stuck playing one genre or doing one type of music. Like, of course. I want to play whatever I like. And I'm not beholden to anyone <laughs> to make sure that I'm staying in my lane. Yeah. To 21 pilots. Yeah. You're kind of in the best position to be in as a free, as a, as a solo yeah. artist kind of freelancing your work is, uh, you know, it, it's up to you singular, singularly mm -hmm. to decide your sound. And then you just session music musicians fill it in Where for you. Needed. Yep. Uh, we have we being your brother and I have have two more songs that are done. Uh, and he, finished. He, he, I I oh, saw yeah. I saw you guys he bitching did. at each other back and forth waiting on damn bass players to finish their bass parts. Yeah. yeah. Have you heard them by chance? No. He's playing. So. He's playing these really close to chest. All right. They're they're prog songs. Good. They're not they're not blues, they're not anything but like prog rock. Okay, so so you're not a metal guitar player. We've already Correct. established this. Do you, what do you feel more comfortable when you're listening when you're thinking about okay. I want to kind of take a step back and just go uh totally uh internal expressing outward cool when you are to think about you being represented through a tone because mm. i i think about that a lot when i'm when i'm when my guitar player comes to me with a guitar part i i ask what do you want to feel with this guitar part because mm. as a bass player i'm trying to be the jam between the bread and the bread of the drums and the guitar. We're, we're a three right. piece. You, we're a three yeah. piece. I, I have to be, my drummer speaks Russian and my guitar player speaks French and I'm, uh, English, but I, I speak both poorly. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. So I can get them talking back and forth between the two, but it's only once we're all in a conversation together that it really works. So, okay. I think of tone as a representation of what I would think my voice would sound like if I wanted to talk my feelings. Whoa. That's heavy, man. That's you know heavy. what I mean? So, I, so, yeah. so when you, when, when you play roll the dice, mm -hmm. your attack, your tone, your aggressiveness of, of your yeah. tone is you saying, Hey, I'm Jake. I'm a little funky. I have power, um, and I do what I want, and yeah. and check me out doing this. The second song was, "Hey, I'm still Jake." Uh -huh. Now I'm showing you a bit of a tone that lets you know I'm still the guy in the first song, but I'm also feeling every part of what these do. Correct. Your third song was going, I bet you guys didn't expect this. I love it. I love the balance. It's like this, this, um, 
oil and water, if you will. Sure. A hundred percent. Oil and water, by the way, is a great Incubus song. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then I'm writing that one down because <clears throat> it's been too long since I've heard that. Oil and water. Check it. Love it. Gotta love oil it. Oil and water. Um, okay. I, so I really joined like to this idea of like taking the Carlos Santana vibe and that influence and, and injecting it hard into that song. That's why it kind of, yeah. It goes from the electronic to that whole yeah. smooth PRS neck pickup tone. Oh, it was all neck pickup, wasn't it? Entirely. Okay. I thought so. Cause it, oh, yeah. it sounded a little, it sounded bright for being bridge. It's neck pickup on 10. Okay. Is what it is. I love so, it. Well, as bright as I can get the neck, but you get, it's so creamy. It's so oh, smooth. It is man. It is. Okay. So, so if you could think about it, and mm-hmm. kind of go, my v- myself as Jake represented in a tone. Do you picture your tone being clean, having reverb, being compressed, being distorted? Mm-hmm. You're not a metal player, but do you picture yourself with a distortion on your tone? Do you picture almost always, almost yeah. always? So, yeah. so you playing. You playing middle pickup selection, both pickups clean with a little bit of hall reverb, and that 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 is far less of you than you yeah. a little tighter with distortion and compressed. Correct. <clears throat> I I love I love making my amp growl. All right, love it. And the big difference for me is usually how much. <laughs> well. How much my tube screamer is working? It's either <laughs> on or it's off. Yeah. And when it's on, man, look the look out because so it, so when you when you get your tone, let me let me really geek out with you for a second. When you get your tone, when you're recording in your house, are you going? Are you miking your amp in that room and recording mic input? Are you diing? How, what are you doing? This microphone. Yeah, I use this SM <clears throat> SM57, and then I'll mic my amp through a DI into studio one. And then okay. just, just real recently, I started getting into uh, uh, STL tonality and oh. they have an Andy James suite. So the last two songs that I did is featuring that Andy James guitar suite, which is modeled after his Kemper packs. So that's, uh, that's your, your progressive guitar tone sure. lead with delay on it. And just like all the right accoutrement to go along with it. Accoutrement. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I went there. That's I, lo- I love that. I love that. Um, yeah, and then okay. and then and then so with with tone wise, mm-hmm. um, are you are you a big tech nerd or are you like like do you feel like when you want to express yourself, it goes uh, chord out or is it in the guitar? Because mm. if 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 I were to if let let me just I guess I guess add one caveat thing kind not caveat but kind of Stevie could pick up any guitar unplugged and sound like Stevie. Yes, he can. So so I'm wondering, because because for me, I'm not going to lie, I enjoy the bass, but what I have chord out is really kind of where my signature feel comes from. I have my, 
I have my pedal board, I have my cabs, my head, and I can plug a lot of basses in that, probably switch it down to the bridge pickup. I rock bridge pickup most of the time just because I want I want kind of that mid cut. And um I you know, I I I, I resonate somewhere between a Chris Squire and Getty Lee bass tone. Mm. I, I I find myself falling in between those two because I want all of the highs of the bass in present in the mix. I want you to hear almost the pick hitting the strings, but I I also want the low rumble. You oh, know, yeah, you know, and that's that's tough. It's tough to find the balance there. It is, and and what it actually involves is having guitar player who loves mids. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. To so fill the space for you. Sure. Sure. You know. Um. And, and and so I I yeah that's okay. Do you put thought into where your tones lie with other tones? I mean, I mean, we're I'm really curious on you know kind of how you think about your production from coming out of that room. Yeah. My lovely little former bedroom here. I love it. I my, love it. My daughter's old bedroom. Uh, I'm kind a, of a linear thinker. Are you? So yeah, I, oftentimes like, I, well, you know, I'm a guitar player, so most of my inspiration comes from guitar and then I'll take it from there and add everything around it. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of times it's it's guitar first and then everything else cued into the mix on top of that. So then sure. I then the, the, the struggle becomes and this is where your brother is paramount to to getting all that right is filling in those voids. Yeah. Finding little holes and little spaces here where he can accentuate them. That I mean that's that that's where Rusty hits his mark every single time. It so isn't it though? Uh, yeah, it's that, ridiculous. Th- that's why you know there's some other musicians around town that won't let him go. Yeah. Uh, uh, to to, I, to I his process, to his own I, chagrin. Um. So so do you do you play do you play acoustic guitar still? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I probably have. Uh, I've probably got if I would sit down and record them six or eight acoustic songs no vocals yeah, no vocals none okay so wait okay here, pile of songs. Here, here's another real good question um yeah. which i wonder about you um everything i've ever seen you do is instrumental mm-hmm. do you think about words when you write songs no not at all <laughs> no. i'll think about it sometimes after the fact and i'll go um you know maybe something would be cool here but it probably won't be me singing it and not that I can't sing, not that I don't have the ability. I've just always chosen not to because. Do you I don't sing? Know. Sure, constantly. Are to you, myself. <laughs> have you ever recorded your voice in a microphone nope. singing? I well, yeah, twice actually, two times I have, and I hated it both times. Interesting. I'm way too self-conscious. Yeah, isn't that a son of a bitch? Oh, it's the worst. Like I can hear myself play guitar. That's like I had no problems with that. Sure. Cannot stand the sound of my own voice. Um so yeah. Y- you know what's crazy is 
I hated my voice until I only heard it talking and never singing. Because <laughs> I have to listen back through episodes of this. You know, this is this is a, this is an episode 147. I think. Nice. I think, and so um, you know, I've I've listened to a lot of hours <laughs> of me sitting in a microphone talking, and I've I've. I've now come to a place where I'm familiar with my voice to a point where now I'm it's sitting in, now I'm sitting in this room cuz for the longest time I've never sang in in fact this being in the band right now is my very first time I actually will have my own vocals on a track for people to Ooh. hear. Ooh. And in fact it's come so far exciting, huh? it, in fact it's come so far that I have a verse of a song that's me singing lead on a verse. All right. And and it's it's terrifying. It's yes. terrifying. But I've never felt more accomplished than actually doing it. Hmm. And 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 for someone who never saw myself being a singer, but every time I'm in the car I sing made me go Maybe, sorry, made me go, maybe I need to be a fucking singer. Maybe, huh? Maybe that'll be the moment that changes you. Maybe it'll be the moment that changes you. Could be. Could very well be. What, what, here's what I recommend, and here's what I did. I took a song that I knew, mm -hmm. top to bottom, no doubt about it. Every word is ingrained in my brain. Every change is ingrained in my brain. I found a karaoke version of the song that was in nice. key. And I played it and I sat in this room and sang to it and recorded it. How much did you hate yourself at the end of that session? Well, probably the first time through was the like, what the hell? The first well, by the end of it, I'm sure it was manageable. The at the end of it, I still thought I sounded like shit because of me just judging my actual technical control of my voice, yeah. right? I mean, and and I sing on key pretty good, but I have those, like, I slide into notes. I don't um, hit a note. I slide. And I think yeah. that's from being a bass player and doing a lot of slides. And a lot of slides, I just hit my microphone and everybody heard that. <laughs> right? Cause I um what? Yeah. So dude, let me let me oh. tell you, let me tell you. It was my dad who said sing even if you hate it. Cause you never know what you can't do. And you even said it yourself. You you're in a place right now where you don't know mm -hmm. as much as you wanna know, and you always wanna know more. You actually don't know what you sound like singing. I have no idea. Right. <laughs> Being perfectly honest, no, I, I, I don't know what it, what it I mean, sound like. I don't really know what my capabilities are. I don't really truly know what my range is. Well, that, that, so. is, what, that is what I had never heard me through a microphone getting mm -hmm. back and I'm staring down the barrel of a 45. Right? And singing some shine yep. down. And yelling into a microphone, like when I had never let myself go 
and and be unbridled. You know those mm. moments when you're playing guitar and you just kind of get frustrated and you just you just make fucking noise with your guitar. Oh yeah. Those moments sure and out of that comes brilliance. Mm. And reflection. So what you're telling me is I need to uh, uh, need to quit being afraid of myself. No, no, no. It's not about being afraid. What I'm telling no, you, what, what I'm telling you is, there's a part of you that you still don't know musically, mm. and as much pro- and as much progression as you have made, there's a part of you that still needs to get to know itself. Mm. And you'll always kind of find smaller and smaller chunks that when you whittle down the outside egg of what you know, you just kind of get to places that you inevitably don't know. Hmm. Sounds like fun. It sound, I, it's, dude, I have a bunch of lyrics written. I have a bunch of them. It's like fitting it to a song and uh, yeah. doing all the crap. Well, like, it's, it's all things that I, I have in place. I just haven't done. Oh, I, I only bring it up because truly, and, and this is, this is from one musician to another one, um, person who time-wise is inferior to you. Um, yeah. you know, I, I, I look at you, I think of you, I think of Rusty, I think of Britain as even though I'm f- physically on the earth older in days, uh, you guys are kind of statesmen of um, musical uh, progressiveness, progression, uh, advancement, technicality that I, even to this day, go, I listen to your guys' songs and I go, yeah, they're good. <laughs> Damn. You know, it, it, it is the Billy Madison watching. I mean, it, it is that moment. Oh, yeah, he's good. And I squeak on a clarinet, you know, um, and I, well, you're welcome. I know, (laughs) but, but I always urge people uh, of your ilk of Rusty's. I tell Rusty the same thing. Hey man, you're really comfortable. Step outside. Do something uncomfortable. That's noble. But that man, that's the only way we learn. It's the only way we grow, right? It, it is. I mean, I mean, so. it's there. There's you. You did it to a T with your uh, crane tests, mm-hmm. and you and you crammed for it, and you did it, and yeah. you 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 wanted to get better at any song you wanted to learn on guitar, and you crammed for it, and you did it, and. Uh, you wanted to become a dad, and you did it. And uh, you rent Bob, or you get Bobcats and scrape your driveway so you can ride your motorcycle early, even though you don't mow your lawn. And you do it. I, <laughs> I, th- I, I think that there's a, a an evolution to be had. Oh, I'm just, I'm certain that there is with you in songwriting. Once you go, lyrics can be applied to anything I write. Not saying you sing them, but saying you think that they exist while you're writing. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got a couple of them. I've got a couple of those that that are very real. 
well, that, let, that are our songs with, I mean, full chorus and verses. Yeah. Well, out there. well, let me know because I know there are singers up there. I have some friends who are badass nice. down here that will be vocalists. Hell, I'll sing some shit if you want to. That's the spirit. Um, yes. Because I also, would. Yeah. And also, if you want to commission me to do any musical parts, let me know. Because I am more than willing. I Right now, I'm bored, man. You know, me and my band, because of COVID, because of everything else is going on, because of studio time and recording our album and all the work we're doing post-work, record, you know, recording work, um, we haven't been together since October of last year. Ooh. Eight months. That's a long run. It's eight months that I've gone without an actual physical band practice with my band. We get together every wow. week. We do we do meetings like this. We talk as a band. We go into the studio together and we listen to vocals being done or extra rhythm tracks being added or guitar solos being recorded or, you know, any, but it's, it's, so it's so, you know, I'm just throwing that out there. Let me know. I'm down. I'm always down. Let me know if you want some words sing. I have friends who can sing. I can kind of sing. Um, and um, yeah, I I am so excited to see what the next five years does for you, man. In in song exciting. in songs, in growth, in um, you know, it, I yeah, I'm fucking stoked, man. You're a stud. You're a stud. Your music's great. I want everybody to go out there right now. Go on Spotify. Go on iTunes. You can find Jake everywhere. Um, follow him on Instagram. Follow him yeah. on... Uh, are you on Twitter? Nope. Nope. Okay. Uh, I'm avoiding that shit like the plague that it is. Good. Good. Same. Okay. Um. Yeah. Instagram, Facebook, all that shit. Yeah. Follow Follow Jacobus. Jacobfer. Do you have yep. any? Do you have any other thoughts? Do you have anything left to say? Do you have? Uh... Oh, man, I always have things to say and things to think about, but uh, I think for now I better go squeeze the babies before they go to bed. Oh sure, yeah. Sorry to keep you. Yeah, we've uh, fuck. We've no, done not at all. We've done two and a half hours already. This has been great. That, that was way faster than I thought it'd be. I figured it'd be like uh, thirty-five minutes, forty-five minutes, and you'd be like, "All right, dude, I gotta go." Peace. No, no, I'm. Uh, I I love hearing myself talk. <laughs> and and more than that i i truly love figuring out what interesting people or what makes interesting people interesting and huh. you're you're one of those kind of enigmas like my brother like a lot of our friends funny that came from a small town Weird. and is and is so over talented and uh can really accomplish anything they put their mind to and it boggles my mind of how many more of you are sitting out there right now sure you know yeah well some some truly talented people are for sure yeah uh if you i'd love to meet them <laughs> i'd love to know what it's like same just just a little brush a little sprinkle of talent just put yeah. some on there well hey go go check out ben eller go check out yeah. andy wood those guys will blow your mind guitar wise i got them right there Oh yes, transition, and you wrote transition 2.0. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right, Jake. Well, hey man. It's
Um, I love you. Hey, hold on for one second. One second. I want to say a couple things after I get off. I'm going to sign off to everybody, close this fucking thing, and then uh, say goodbye to you. So for all you bad mama jammas out there, this has been another episode of A Journey Through Time and Stuff. Again, my name is Aaron. Um, in times like this, I want you all to know that I love you. I, I am here for everybody. Um, I am in solidarity with everybody hurting right now through our country. And um, my biggest message that I want to share is drive like you know each other. <laughs>